Amber. When you like to play a game, Tara. Doors unlocked. All doors locked. Doors unlocked. Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. There are certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground.
for the chase. The podcast, that is. I know I want to cut to the chase as soon as possible. And what do you know? Here it comes. What's the matter, Sydney? You look like you've seen a ghost. And now it's time for a grand finale. Welcome to our Scream 5 show. Or, well, Scream 2022. We're about to light this bitch on motherfucking fire. Hey, Christian, do you have your notes? I'm Christian fucking Craig. Of course I have my notes. (laughs) I know I'm ready. Oh, my God, it's Ghostface! Sit the fuck down, Chase. Okay, sorry. Lemon squares are in the fridge. Well, Lucy Lou, are you ready for this? For this? Never. (laughs) You aren't ready for our Scream 5 show? Not today. Yes, today. God, that that doesn't get any easier. Welcome, everybody, to um, our finally recorded Scream 5 show. Sorry, my words a little bit. I'm so excited. She is trembling with excitement. I'm shaking in my boots. Oh, good one. You like the throwback there? I love how we are probably the biggest fucking Scream fans on the planet, and we get to review this fucking movie, you guys. Yes. With Christian fucking Craig, baby. Motherfucking Craig. Yes! <laughs> it's great to be back. Yeah. So excited. And some time has passed since, I mean, it's been out for what, two weeks now, the film? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it three times. Christian, you've seen it how many? Four times. You mother. There you go. one up an asshole. <laughs> At least once a weekend so far. Now, <laughs> we're going to start calling you. Um, Oh God! What what what's uh, Jack Quaid? Uh, you're you're now going to be um, Richie Craig because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you're the super fan here. Yes, yeah. more than he us. is. No, he <laughs> is. I mean, listen. As long as I've been podcasting, Christian has always been the first one there with the fire comments, with the comments that are meant to evoke an actual conversation. You know, a lot of times with franchises, you get a lot of the bland talk, a lot of the fucking broad strokes. Now, when it comes to Scream, all of our favorite fucking franchise, I know we take it very seriously. So I just, I I did, I wanted to take the time out to say how fucking happy I am to get Christian motherfucking Craig and Lacey motherfucking Lou on the same podcast to do a movie that we've all been waiting for for so goddamn long. Over a decade. Yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> now, Christian, you said you saw it four times. Now, did, yes. you, did you feel like all those watches were necessary? Like by the fourth one- To do this podcast. Yeah, did you get everything out of it that you needed to? I think so. I feel like if there's beyond hope if, <laughs> if after four <laughs> watches, you still can't articulate some of your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I will say that my excitement and appreciation for it has increased over oh. watches. Oh, because <laughs> we've been in constant communication with you, Christian Craig, and yeah. we have all been pretty, um, pretty vocal about our feelings, but we also know that subsequent viewings and time can change that. So lucky for all of us, we have all of that on all of our sides now. Like it's been a few weeks. It's been several watches. We're not just going to bypass, you know, the things that we didn't like. Um, we're going to present all those Everything. things in the good, weigh them all out. Because I feel like now 
more than anything for me personally, I know exactly where I stand. I was kind of on the fence about a couple things. Like, do yeah. I really like that? But at the end of the day, now I know exactly what side of the fence I am on on each subject, and I cannot fucking get. Can't wait to get into this. Yeah, um, I think that you know if we had done this podcast just off of our first initial reactions, I feel like that'd be jumping the gun for us. You know, um, we've seen all the other movies like at, so many times right. at this point. I mean, it's been a decade, so, you know, well over a hundred or, you know. <laughs> yeah. maybe, oh, easily. Maybe, easily. <laughs> maybe like 30 for Scream 3, but. Uh, <laughs> no, probably close to a hundred still. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it was on TBS a lot. And I, I'm not going to lie. Whenever it's on TV, I watch it. Directly. So. Oh, yeah. You know, so I mean that—that's got to say something. Um, it, it always did bother me that it was on the comedy station. I mean, I know it's a horror TBS? comedy, but yeah, it always um, bothered me. Yeah, TBS is kind I'm of like somewhat yeah. neutral, though. They yeah. do—they do a bunch of stuff. But I but guess I, I should be like happy that it was getting any love at all. But you know what's great though with Scream Five Two is it does it brings everything up to speed in terms of relevance of the franchise itself. And I know we talked about this when we did the screen through your review, but even in retrospect, it really does. It has its place, especially with this new one. It just broadens the playing field even more and makes that entry uh, more acceptable in my mind. Well, for me, mm-hmm. like I don't want to like skip over my thought and forget to say this. So I'm just going to want to skip to the loop. Ah, stop it. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. So I feel like in this film though, I feel like they kind of discredit Roman. Okay. All right. I, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Um, no. Uh, 100% because when she, when Sydney and Gail are talking, like obviously this is full spoiler. So fuck everybody. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Right. We're um, going all over the place. Why are you listening to this? Right. <laughs> is this cut to the chase? Who is on this podcast? Are you serious? Go <laughs> yeah. So, so like when Gail and Sydney are talking and she was like, I wish I had never wrote that book about your mother. She's like, it's I all started all of this. this. And she's like, yeah. no, you, you did it. Billy Loomis started all of this. But technically it was Roman who started all of this. And like, there's no mention of him like whatsoever. So I do feel like they kind of like, right. And in a sense, I almost feel like they kind of disregarded the killers in the last one in part four as well, because, all right. So in part four, they were up to stab seven. Right. Right. So within the decade, the only film that it came out was stab eight. And um, clearly that had nothing to do with uh, flamethrowers and shit. <laughs> that had nothing to do with Jill and Charlie. Right. So, right, so, right. I, so I feel like yeah. they kind of, I don't know why, but I mean, like clearly there's like some Easter eggs that four exist, and th- that, that's another thing that tripped me up a little bit because, okay. um, sorry, I'm getting like right into no, it. I gotta, no, I gotta get my thoughts out. No. Mm-hmm. So there's Wait a, there's a, there's a line in there where they're at the house and they're talking about who's going to be next in line and they got to be somebody who is a, a character. But clearly four didn't take place in part eight. Right. So this is yeah. a continuity issue um, because in eight, um, it had nothing to do with the storyline of Jill and them. So Correct. why would yeah. Judy Hicks or Wes Hicks even be considered? Because he's like, my mom's a character. Unless they like threw her in. They, they could I mean, we don't really They probably have- did. I so, mean, did Sid- bro, Sydney officially was like going to sue them if they kept using her story. So maybe right. she, there was a lawsuit and whatnot. And so yeah. they couldn't use that exact events, but use the people who were willing to be a part of the story. Right. I mean, in whichever version they were making. That's possible. But 
from what to my understanding and how they broke it down was that um, it had nothing to do with her at all. And with Sydney, though. Yeah. But so yeah. that wouldn't make any sense to have them in there if she wasn't there. Uh, sure it does. If she if she was suing, they probably just took it out. And that's and that's mm-hmm. part of why the well, reason like they probably took her out. They probably what they probably did was they probably took a character and made it Deputy Judy and then just and, and then elements of four and put it in stab eight. Well, we need a synopsis of stab yeah. eight. I agree. Otherwise, I it agree. doesn't make More sense. More like stab eight could be, you know, inspired by the events of Spring Four, but not based off of it. <laughs> there it is. And, and there it is. And I think that with the, um, with, in terms of the directors of this movie going through the stab franchise and its knowledge and its references, I think that they have a clear idea, a clear mapped out idea of what this franchise is and whether, and, and they don't say it, you're right. They don't say it, but we are to believe that yes, Judy Hicks could be because process of elimination uh, stab seven was in scream four. So that leaves stab eight, which we see scenes of um, that can only leave that one for a deputy Hicks to be in which they reference. Right. And, I get that. But they mm-hmm. say that it has nothing to do with um that storyline at all so I, I i guess it just doesn't make sense to put deputy hicks in there at all right you know and mm-hmm. and that's the basis of killing her you know and right. maybe that's what maybe she was a hated character in stab eight i guess and that's why she what happened to her in this one but right. it just for me personally like it's very convoluted in that area okay like it's it's not just clear cut um, I, I know in the I, movie, I'm like a diehard fan. Yeah. Dude, you so, think, like, so what you're saying is, if they just said stab nine instead, then that would fix correct. it for you. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Like I, it I just agree. it just didn't add up to me. It's the like, ten year gap. Yeah, and the only reason that like it bugs me is because they're talking about killing off legacy characters or you know people that were a part of it, and it didn't seem like when they talk about stab eight that it had anything to do with anything in the past. Right. Right. Absolutely. So that, that's how but, that's how it felt to me. So it didn't make sense for him to be concerned. Well, you could look at it uh, the opposite way where they were targeting Dylan Mementi because he was part of the friend group. And obviously his mom's the sheriff. And you know what I mean? Like, it, it just makes but sense. But they have that conversation. I, I agree. No, no, had no. Had they listen. not had that conversation, I agree. this wouldn't be a conversation. I completely <laughs> agree with that. I, I mm-hmm. do believe, though, that the directors are so... Uh, well aware of the timeline that it is a thing it just wasn't explained in this movie yeah. does that make sense mm. yeah that's how I feel uh Christian Craig what do you think about the whole uh Judy Hicks thing yeah yeah um you know what I appreciate the fact that she's there I do right. and I knew they had to have a reason for her to be back um and I think it's kind of cool the idea that they made her a character in a stab film. To be honest, the way her character right. is, right. she kind of already seems like someone who would be out of a stab movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. She feels like she so, walked right off of I know. It's rest. like they might as well just offered her the role. Yes. <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's cool. And I could see, you know, Dylan being a target. Maybe in a way it was supposed to be kind of like the whole Tatum scenario where they killed off someone who's in relation to the cop. Right, right. See, who knows? Exactly. Who knows? Right. <laughs> well, and yeah, she's the sheriff now because Dewey yeah. is not. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And, they're, they're, and listen, I mean, when you really break it down, 
the essence of it, we're in fucking Woodsboro. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I the, the Ghostface going after Principal Hembry, you know, Ghostface going after the Sheriff of Woodsboro. It's not like it's that far out there. I know what you're saying, though, in terms of it being in relation to a character in the Stab series. But I also feel like there are liberties that you can take where they could easily just in the next one retcon it and, and you know, put, yeah. a, put a version of Judy Hicks in, in, in a scene that we see later on down the line or something, you yeah. know, played by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Did they ever explain why Wes Hicks's hair is blonde? No, like they just glance over it, like, oh, nice hair. And yeah, that was it. And I thought it was gonna like mean something, right? No, well, I know that I, I'm glad that you brought him up, though. Now, what do you think, as for him as a character and all the characters, the new cast, all the new kids, Christian Craig? Uh, what did you think when all these actors were announced and then obviously after seeing the movie and all their performances. What's funny is that of all the new cast members, he was the one I knew the most. Right. Right. And he was the one that was taken out earlier than anyone. <laughs> I think that was the point though. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. And so I was really hoping that he would be the killer. Well, yeah. Just because I, I like his work. And so well, well that and his name was Wes. I had no idea that it was gonna have such a literal meaning. Yes. You know, right. Oh, yeah, it's kind of genius how they did yeah. that. Well, it really and, was. You know, and when you look at it too, you know, leading up to it, he was very vocal on social media and and they were really uh creating a camaraderie between all the new kids, and they were all they all were very vocal about how. Scream was such an instrumental part of their career, of their lives, of their movie watching experience that it was hopeful. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's going to be a good movie, you know, not that everybody, but at the same time, I was extremely hopeful and I was like, wow, I was like, all these, all these kids, all these uh, people love these movies, you know, hopefully as much as we do. And I really think that came through, especially in his performance. You know, first watch, it's a whodunit, right? So you don't know, you don't want to become attached to any one character because you could hate him by the end, right? Um, seeing this movie several times and seeing how it all played out, having it simmer for a while, it's fucking genius. Putting him in as Judy Hicks's kid and they both get fucking killed back in the same scene which which that scene alone like I fucking love it's in the middle of the day middle it's, of the movie it, it, yeah exactly right you get to know the characters so much and you don't even have that many scenes with him there's the scene at at uh you the know Mark, Martha Meek's house at at the school and and at the bar and at the bar with him and that's it oh, the hospital too mm-hmm. yes but you love this dude he's like oh she used to babysit for us like there's something about the way this movie creates the group of friends that I think is so fucking important in terms of character development that so many movies miss the mark on. Uh, what do you think, Christian? I think you're right. I mean, I, I like the dynamic between all these characters. Um, I'm still, I'm not going to lie though. I don't think they're the strongest group of characters in the franchise. Okay. In terms of like a bit like characters that I care enough to continue on. Right. Like, there's not a single character that kind of reminds me of someone like Kirby 
or a Parker Posey, someone who was like a <laughs> big standout right. in an installment. But I think overall the cast works um, very well together. Um, right. And I do enjoy the parts that they are in. Uh, and then the whole sister dynamics. I don't know. There's just so much going on <laughs> within well, the, these group. That's kind of hard to like keep track of. Wait, which ones are Tara's friends? Oh yeah, they all are. Sam doesn't, she babysat some of them. Yes. <laughs> I love that though. That that brought it right home right there. Like I babysat these kids. Uh, Lacey Wu, what did you think of the friend group here and all the new cast and the characters? Yeah, I mean, they're okay. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think I think they're fine. Um, you know, obviously we're a little bit older at this point, so like it'd be weird to maybe relate. Um, but I, I did <laughs> like I did like um, you know, Jasmine uh Mindy. Mm-hmm. I liked her monologue. Okay. Um, I felt like she was speaking directly about me. Oh my god, how perfect was that? You know, monologue? she was like, it was something along the lines of, you know, uh, this is the movie that their parent they watched with their parents when they were 10 years old. Yeah, it's their favorite fucking movie. Yeah. Yes, like you're literally talking about yes. me right now. My like, friends would stare people. at me during that monologue, same knew they were talking about me. She yes. said to some people, it's everything. Yes. And yeah. I, I literally like have it tattooed on my body. I got chill, I got chills when she said that one. I watched I, was like, Fuck. I watched the original movie every day after school <laughs> yes. for like years. <laughs> yes. I wore out my tape. I still have the wore out tape and the one the print replacement tape after that i have this movie on multiple dvd box sets i have it on every variation that you could possibly have i have so much memorabilia of this like she was literally talking to me and at me and for me obsessed you know mm-hmm. like it, it's it this movie is my heart it's and so like, personal it is and it's it's like inspiring just because of how smart it is yes but, and this movie is i feel smart in those moments right of, you know it, because it is it is fan service but it's also a screen movie um but they did put their own spin on it which we'll get into yeah but back to the characters here okay um you know i do feel like it made more sense for other um casts in the past um it felt like they were more cohesive friends okay um than yes. this cast Wait, what, what, which ones? Like, okay, so like in Scream 1, they, they felt like they were a set group of friends. I feel like and we Scream can't even two, talk about one, yeah. And Scream 2, uh, the college, you know, like it made sense that they were, they, she was in theater, you know, like Derek was kind of like the rogue one, but he was a fraternity boy. So like, right. um, he was maybe the only I don't like it made sense because you like hang out with different groups of people at college. I agree. So like it uh-huh. and, and I liked their I, dynamic and yes. their banter. Yeah. It felt real. It felt authentic. Like they jived. Like right. they had great chemistry all in Scream film 2. Nerds and in terms yeah. of the theater and all that. Yes. Yeah. Um Scream 3. Um it's just a bunch of like unknown actors kind of thrown together. Like it's not really a friend group. No. Like they're just part of this cast. So they're just thrown together. They kind of have to hang out. Right. So like I get it in that aspect. Yes. But they have uh, to be together like all the time when you're on set. So they do know each other. Yeah. Well. But like it doesn't feel like a friend group. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like. Right. Um, and then in Scream 4, I felt like um, the only thing that I, I don't believe that Trevor would have ever been in uh film club. <laughs> I, I don't believe that he was. But. <laughs> he, Trevor's never been in an acting class either before this movie. No, I'm just yeah. He did great in the fall. He was so good <laughs> in the fall. When you watch him on the fall and you're like, this is the same fucking dude. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> oh, that, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish. Yeah, I'm but sorry, I mean, but they off. still felt cohesive as friends and No, this. they did not. That was baby. What? You gotta say though. Okay, that fucking like Robbie group. and Charlie, they felt like they would be best friends in real life for sure. But Culkin can barely act in that <laughs> fucking movie. I'm sorry. I'm like, not saying he was a good actor, but I believe he's so bad. But I believe no. that their character Dude. descriptions Dude. and their dialogue, I believe that they would be friends. Him and Robbie would be like BFFs. Hundred percent. Robbie yeah. Mercer, what a fucking in-depth character. That dude's nothing. He's like a Randy wannabe, and oh, he's like talking to Olivia. <laughs> I never once got the sense that all these fucking kids were ever like friends. Like it, like when you compare it to a movie like this, where they're showing emotion, where they're showing depth. Where you're getting backstory where, <laughs> yeah, these two sisters are close. Obviously, they were close, rather, and there was something that that tore them apart. But before that, uh, she babysat these kids. They know they, I like your hair. Like, just these little lines, which we got nothing of. What we got is fucking... You know, is what's his name standing? He's just like, what's your favorite scary movie? He's just like, like it's just, it's so stupid compared to this. I think that this movie, they did their characters so fucking perfectly that I, I honestly, I think it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is like, so the love of scary movies right like that's a that's a theme like kind of throughout like a love of movies right yeah like mm-hmm. i don't necessarily believe that jenna ortega liked horror movies period <laughs> yeah. like i mean she just if the babadook is your favorite scary movie like you, i don't know you deserve, you, you deserve to be the opening kill like without a doubt if the babadook is your favorite fucking movie yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, okay, so there have been um, several kind of uh, comments uh, and things that were brought to my attention. Looking at you, Fresh Cuts. Uh, no, that like, okay, why why add this stuff in? Like, it, it's almost like, oh, they're just adding these things in about horror. And these are conversations that people had years ago. And while I agree with that, we haven't had a screen fucking movie in 10 years. There's been no commentary on any of any of those things. So to do it now, I don't think it's untimely. I do agree. It doesn't have any kind of relevance in terms of the plot, except for she says, well, I like these type of movies. And she has to think about the stab ones because that's not really her jam. I love that. Right. She's not a slasher fan. She just likes horror movies. Like, and that's what these movies have always been about. It's a movie about horror movie fans. And having it be different subgenres now, like right. this girl isn't into slashers. I fucking love that. I think it's brilliant. It is. I, I think just, it's yeah. Yeah, I just don't necessarily believe that Jenna Ortega personally. Uh, can I say something yeah. about her? She was great. Don't I think she's one of the best fucking actresses in this damn fucking movie. Like, she's my favorite of the new cast members. Yes! Dude, why? Break it down, Kristen Craig. I think, for one thing, her acting, especially in that first attack, I think that was phenomenal. I think she <laughs> yes. put all of her effort into it. Um, I just find her more believable <laughs> than Sam, personally. And I just like the fact that especially as an actress, kind of like um, with James Caan for Misery, how you're just crippled throughout most of the movie. And so you really have to put your emotions into it right. um, when you can't put so much action and movement into your performance. 
Yeah. And so I was just very um, impressed with the way she was able to handle uh, handle herself throughout this whole movie, lying in bed or being in some wheelchair and still getting our sympathy for her in the scenes that she is in. And so, yeah. you know what? Just props to her. <laughs> for Get what the she did. fuck out. <laughs> Get the fuck out, Sam. No, listen. <laughs> I, okay. Here's the thing, though. Like, so... When I'm watching that scene, when she comes back to Woodsboro, I mean, all right, let's break it down. So can you just say Burrow again? Woodsboro. (laughs) Your Massachusetts accent. Stop it right now. Yeah. Uh, When she comes back after Wes calls or she calls Wes back after getting a text from him, he's like, uh, Sam was a tag. It's from a dude in the ghost face mask. And automatically she knows Now, we know that she knows something at that point, but we don't know what. Anyways, when she goes to the hospital um, and, you know, it pans to her sister, I think that's one of the greatest shots ever. Like, her face, she's like, you came. And all of a sudden, like, you get jolted out of the screen universe, and it's all of a sudden, like, all right, you got to care about these characters now. And at first, I didn't fucking buy it. Like, I was like... This seems a little scream the TV show, like uh, a tad, like it, it had those vibes. To I it. agree. There's a lot of parts of this movie. I think because the big three are in it as much that just yep. gave me more screen TV series vibes with a bigger budget. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you know what though? I, I came to a, a conclusion myself here where I was like, what are the elements that I love about a screen movie? And we're not even into the main ones yet. But one of them is, you know, the dramatic element. We're talking about fucking Kevin Williamson, who wrote Dawson's Creek here. I love that shit. Do I like it in all of my fucking horror movies? Not necessarily. Can we get a Dawson's Creek scene in this? Right. Yep. Yeah, we With do. Right. That Scott Foley. Yeah. <laughs> now, that which you uh, mentioned on our Scream 3 show. I did. Movie, that exact movie. Or before exact the movie episode. even fucking came out, mind you. Yeah, it was the scare. How fucking mind-blowing is that? I think that's amazing. Uh, That's one of my favorite episodes as well. But um, yeah, she's watching that. And you've got to realize that there are so many different generations of fans now uh, into this. So many different types of horror movie fans that, that know about Scream, that know about this franchise or whatever. So to incorporate kind of a very Dawson's Creaky kind of soapish aspect to it, While I wasn't sure about it at first, I fucking love it. And the reason I love it without getting into the details is the fact that it provides so much fucking fodder for the future. Like there's so much stuff that you can dig into Mm -hmm. with these sisters. Like who was the mother? Who's the mother? Exactly. Like we we get to follow these sisters. Are they both going to live? Like, is Sam going to have hallucinations still? There's so much you can fucking do. And that more than anything is so exciting. So I want Sam to die for Tara to become the final girl. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's a possibility. That's a possibility. And you know what, though? As screen fans, it's great that we can even pose these questions already because we know. Let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, Scream has done over a hundred million worldwide in the fucking box office. We are getting a Scream 6 and a probably a 7 too. I said it. You did. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt. There you go. You just wished into the universe. No, I don't think I don't think the universe needs my wishes. <laughs> I don't know. Because... Well, I mean, Neb Campbell already said she would love to return for six, which is a huge selling point. Right. 
So right. the problem can, is what is going to be like define her coming back a phone call or an active involvement in the film. I right. hope it's a more active involvement this time around. Um, I think they had to get away from it a little bit, though. It yeah. was too close for, for a while there. And then they went away from it in four that I feel like this was the natural progression that, yes, now you can go but bring it back in. See, a like, I feel like Sam has a taste for blood now. Yes. Like, so yes. it's going to be like a really interesting dynamic. I, I mean, they could even move away from these two characters of the characters that they built in this and still do a whole movie around Gail and Sydney. 100%. Like, it doesn't even happen. Yes. Like, they Them can- traveling around and saving other people who are being attacked by Ghostface. I would watch it. I would watch it. Yeah. And but I honestly feel like they have a lot to work with with this with this cast, which is why they saved a bunch of them. They kept a lot of them alive. As opposed to Scream 4, where they killed off fucking everybody. Correct. They saved more than half the cast on this one. They did. Now let's talk about Mm -hmm. that. The opening scene, guys. Uh the first time. Yeah. Now I love this fucking scene just because. There's so many expectations. Like, look what they did with Scream for that opening. Holy shit, where do you go from there? So I guess like anywhere. Right. You can go anywhere. <laughs> so the, the, the lo- <laughs> to space. Uh, the logical thing though is to bring it back to the to the essentials, to bring it back and make it a scary thing. Now, what they did differently, and they they did the whole technology thing, which was cool. And I don't think it overtook the scene. I don't think it modernized it too much to where it took us out of it. They just did a straight up stab Q and A. Yes, and yeah. what's funny about that is right you before. That. Yeah, I was like, you, I was like, do you think it's gonna be stab trivia? And you're like, maybe we were going back and forth mm-hmm. because they didn't in the trailer. It doesn't allude to anything about stab. Yes. Period. No. And, right. uh, and now after seeing the movie, you know, upon first time watch anyways, um, right. I, it was very apparent to why. Right. Um, they didn't show that because it's based about the stab movies. Correct. Like Dewey's even like when he's he's like, there are certain rules to survive a stab movie. Yeah. Like, why don't you just say it's to survive real life? Like, yeah. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So with that whole (laughs) opening scene, though, I thought it was well crafted. It wasn't anything new, except for the fact that they did something very new with this. It's the first time we have somebody survive. Yeah. Now, my first thought, I was like, this little bitch is in on it. Right. Like automatically because they cut away from it. They don't show. I feel like they couldn't do that either. No, they can't. See, that's what you're right. They can't. Because then it'd be like, oh, well, that was obvious from the get. What was she just faking it for no reason? Like, exactly. Like, right. My hand stabbed through. Right. Like, she would be even more screwed up than Jill then if she just trusted the other killer enough to. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with that whole first opening scene, it's like, yeah, you're obviously unsure of what's going on upon first watch, but how we know everything ends up in the end result. I really do dig that scene. I think Jenna Ortega is fucking fantastic. I am so yeah. excited now to see her play Wednesday Adams. Like I'm she could do a great it, job. Right? She like, already has that face for it. Dude, <laughs> like that sarcastic little fucking asshole. Yeah. Like you can see her doing the straight man just being like whatever fuck you. Right. <laughs> like I love it. I can't she still prefers the Babadook. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> now, when we get introduced to all these other characters in the hospital now, and then, you know, we branch off to the school. Oh, uh, Lacey Liu, um, you point you you pointed this out to me in the last watch because this was one of the things that I missed every time in terms of who was over the loudspeaker as the principal. Which was Drew Barrymore. Fucking A. Yep. <laughs> And you can totally tell it's her voice now. I know. After, after my third and fourth watch, I was like really paying attention for it. <laughs> See, and that's what I mean, Christian. It's like that this these last watches weren't necessarily a necessity, but it is fun to pick up on all the things because a lot of these things have been articles that have been put mm. out since the movie's been out. There's a lot of things that we're going to touch on that I had no idea. But at the end of the day, it just shows how much care how much love, how much respect is put into this franchise. And I think that it truly, truly, truly adds to it in so many different ways. Yeah, I mean, with, you know, I know a lot of people were like disappointed that the legacy characters um, didn't have as much screen time as, you know, they would have liked. But there was so much fan service done throughout mm -hmm. with, you know, those cameo voices. Right. And just so many references back to the other films, like with, between like the Lemon Squares, between, <laughs> you know, his name, him being the, when Ghostface calls Tara at the beginning, he calls himself Charlie. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that yeah. for a second. Yeah. Of all killers to reference, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and that's what I love too. There, there are so many references in this that so many callbacks. Carpenter, like all the names, it's all fucking horror movie shit. But what I do like is the fact that Roger Jackson's performance is probably one of my favorites since the original. His voice and how he kind of, hey, I'm calling for your mom. Like he's talking normally. And then gets into creepy ghost face. I thought that was one of the most brilliant fucking things. Because we all know. We can all tell it's him slightly. But he's not in mm -hmm. full ghost face. Like he's not right. there yet. And I think it's brilliant. I think yes. it's, it's so. It's such a clever way to bring it back to the original. And that's what I noticed about the original as well. But I'm afraid Steve. He's out. There's a lot of beats in this that are similar to that Sheriff Judy. Judy. <laughs> yeah, no, but in that opening sequence, there are a lot of buildups that he says different things, but he says it in the exact same way he did towards Drew Barrymore. So it mirrors it in more ways than you think. And like, it was kind of mind blowing because I only picked up on that, um, you know, the, the, I picked up it a little the second time, but the third time I was like, oh, wow. Like, these are straight, like, exact fucking replicas of the original, yet done differently, which I think is brilliant. He's saying different stuff, but his tone is the same, and he goes to the same places, and it's fucking brilliant, I think. I don't know. I just, I love that opening scene for sure. Um now, Lacey Wu, uh, I got a question for you. Now, when you're getting to know this cast, was there anyone that stood out to you that you just absolutely fucking hated? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> and after three watches, I hate them still. You still do? Yes. Um, but I will say that I believe that Liv and Vince were perfect for each other. Yeah. <laughs> they, they match. Yeah. Oh, they really did. Man. Like it made more sense for her to be with him 
than um, Chad. Hey, Liv, you want a real drink? Yeah. Like, he just looks so, like, <laughs> Sitting at the kids' table. <laughs> <laughs> he just like looks so helpful. Um, no, I, you know what? Um, aside from like a red herring, like if he was going to be a red herring, he should have stuck around a little bit longer, I feel. Right. Um, but he did have a really fucking cool kill. Just, just, I know. You know what's brilliant about that? So it's probably fucking Amber, right? I yeah, mean, technically got- it could, but Amber's at the bar. And the others are at the hospital, so it's got to be him. Yeah. So, but here's the thing that I love about this. Now, you can complain one way or another in terms of Ghostface putting up a fight and the size of Ghostface. There's always that argument to be made. You know, once the kill is revealed, oh, that person's too small to be, whatever. Now, if you were going to kill a fucking dude outside of a bar and you just want them dead. Like, you don't want to kill them for in any violence, whatever. You just want them dead. Blip! Stab in the neck. <laughs> right. Like, he did she was it smart. For, like, it was kind of like how um, how he explained, how um, Clarice explained it in Silence of the Lambs with the lambs getting killed and slaughtered and stuff. That's how it reminded me of it. It was just quick. She didn't want any fucking fight. Like, this dude, like, he's a fucking grown man. He's, you know, he's bigger. Like, he would have put up a fight for sure. So just quick blip to the neck. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, and playing red right hand and, you know, with the lights and you get that iconic ghost face shot. Like, I was so happy. I mean, it's a great scene. Cleaning off the blood. Oh, dude, I was so happy. I was so fucking in that scene. He's like, this fucking bar. <laughs> no, extra. I, okay, so we have to get this out of the way. The worst character, uh, he was Stu's nephew, ladies and gentlemen. They say it in the movie. Yeah. That's like, why. he's just stalking this high Everyone school. thought he was going to be related to Billy, remember? Right. Before? Yeah. And, and you know what? I think that's a red herring for us as fans, you know, um, leading up to the movie. In terms of the movie itself, he provided fucking absolutely nothing, which is sad because I love Kyle Downer. I think he's fucking uh, an amazing actor. I don't know. I know. He provided a laugh. It was a fuck. It was ridiculous. You want a real drink? And, yeah. I mean, he's stalking a high school student. He spits his gum out clearly, and then walks away. Clearly, he is a relative of Stu. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I mean. And if they had a fling, how old is he supposed to be here? Right? Right. Like, and clearly yeah. she's a hoe. <laughs> I mean, he was about... He was at least playing the same age in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, and that was a yeah. decade ago. Yeah, right. no, that's absolutely. crazy. No, no, here's the thing, though. I can't not say that he's the worst character in the movie, like, it, with the other girl as well. But he is definitely a weak spot because I feel like that wasn't developed enough. It was just there, mm-hmm. and it was just... They a needed kill. a kill system. We didn't get one at the beginning. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Feel, I, feel, no, you're right. I feel like... You know, it was kind of a drop plot point between him and Liv. It had to have Like, something, because, like, she can't go to the bar, or she can't go to the hospital, but we never know why she can't go to the hospital. Right. Like, she probably went and fucked Vince or something. Who knows? Do you think so? Like, I mean, it was clearly, like, why is she by herself? Like, give us a reason why. She's like, I can't go. Sorry. So, okay. I'm glad you brought that up, though. It That provided um, kind of the beginning of this whole who's the killer. Now, we haven't seen this. I guess, no, there was some of it in Scream 4. I'll give them that for sure. But there was very much this, 
well, why not? Well, why aren't you the killer? Like, there was a lot of that in this. And I could understand somebody not digging movies like this, like whodunits and very meta movies. I I know. I'm fucking, I loved it. I thought it was fun. I thought, like, when when Wes kind of looks at her funny, like, oh, why can't you come with us? You know, like, I looked at that like, oh, here we go. It's the beginning of, well, who is it? And they do play that game quite a bit throughout this movie. And I thought that was fun. I thought it was a nice element. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I do just want to say, if you want to see Kyle Gallner's best performance, in my opinion, watch Veronica Mars season two. Oh, yeah. Like, um, that is, is the best season. That. Um, oh, I never watched it. It seemed like something I would enjoy. Uh, do it ASAP. Okay, with, thanks, bye. There's so love. much I still need to watch. Okay, do you want do you want me to crush your soul, Lacey? What Uh-oh. do you mean? I've never seen a single episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, dude. There's so much I still need to catch up on. This, that's All right, uh, do Veronica Mars and then Buffy. <laughs> okay, do you think that's the superior order? Well, I think no. I, yes, yes, no. I do. Um, well, I mean, I I love Buffy Dude, very, Buffy like, first. but Veronica Mars is just I don't know. It, I think I think you'll appreciate that one maybe a little more. Uh, Buffy, because <laughs> I'm a Murder She Wrote fan, except this time it's a 17 year old girl. It's so good. It's so good. The cast is amazing. Yeah, we used to be friends. Anyways, so um, <laughs> no, all right. So yeah. So aside, but I literally hate Liv. Yeah, I have to. Get oh, she's show. terrible. Like, I think she's worse than Trevor. No, Um, I agree. Like, there's a scene where she's, like, sitting on the couch with Mindy, and, like, her eyes are, like, rolling in the back of her head. And she's got so much glitter. I thought thought she was, like, possessed. I (laughs) I know exactly what shot you're talking about. I was so confused. I was like, why is this happening right now? Yeah. Like, (laughs) Why do you look like Halle Berry in X-Men? Like... (laughs) (laughs) It's creepy. Like, I, I don't even know if that was intentional or not. Like, What's that stupid toad joke that she says in that movie? It's so bad. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and I agree. Um, now, so we're introduced to all these characters, and the next uh, kind of thing that they go and do is they enlist the help of somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing. Deputy Dewey himself. I don't want to do this. I know, baby, but we do drop. Dewey drops city. I stop it. <laughs> um, now, what did you guys think? Of, I didn't. All right, <laughs> enough. I don't want to do. This. What did you guys think of his introduction and where we find out, where we start to find out where these legacy characters are in their lives ten years after the events of Scream Four? This is his best performance in all five films. I agree. Down. Yeah. This is his movie, in my opinion. Yep, it's his swap song. Yep. It's- I think I said this before, but I think this was his best performance. I still prefer his character, technically, in two. Right. But I definitely think that he, he did such a good job in this one. And I think him knowing, after reading the script, this was going to be his final one, may rest in peace, that he knew he had to pull up all stops. Because this is his, his moment to shine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it it was written perfectly for him. I mean, okay, so I'm about to go on a fucking thing here, but I have to do it. Uh, Scream is not only a slasher, but we have grown with these characters for so fucking long, and you know, we thought that they were taken from us in several of the movies, you know, 
And for them to still be around by Scream 4 and now in Scream 5 years and years later, I feel like there has to be a natural progression to their stories. It can't just be, hey, we're just, we're still in Woodsboro. Gail and Dewey are still married. There were like stakes in this movie. There were certain things that we did not know that these characters would, would be where they're at. It's sad, but in a lot of ways, it's real life. You know, when we first see Dewey, him and Gail are not together. You know, we find out that he couldn't, quote unquote, hack it in New York when Gail got her job there. Right. And, well, she know? couldn't hack it in Woodsboro. Well, no. She's, I think so, she's still selfish. No, I don't. Right. I don't believe, no, I don't believe that. I uh, and and uh, this is this is my thing though with with all the characters. I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the one scene that Dewey and Gail have together. I think it's so fucking perfect it brings us up to speed they say so much without saying really anything at all they provide obviously context they provide obviously you know what's going on in the story and all that but man him and courtney cox i want to give a shout out to her too because in that scene watching them to go back and forth that was one of the emotional scenes out of any of them. My favorite is them in Scream 2 going back and forth. When he's touching the boob? Yeah, when he's touching the boob. <laughs> Before that, though, even. When he, when, when nice deputy, streaks. Yeah, when he oozed and all of that. Like, I love that. This, this was more serious, but it was more powerful. And it was more true to life than anything. And fuck, did it hit me. It hit me hard. Yeah, um, you know, uh, the first watch, like, I was, like, really pissed off at, like, the killers for doing it or whatever. And now I'm just kind of mad because I realize it's all Gail's fault. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, she basically killed Dewey. What do you mean? Because he looked at his phone? <laughs> yeah, she she was the reason. He oh, dude, I know. Like, just think if she fucking oh, knew, that's know. why he died. Right. Like, fuck you, Gail. No, she didn't mean it. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Uh, but like you killed my best friend no you did that's what i wanted to yell at the but, screen today but you know what <laughs> he saw it was her at the very end and he was okay with it yeah like he saw it was her you know what do you think she was calling to say i don't know she was probably i think she even said later she was, on she was like i wanted to uh she was like i should have talked to him out of it yeah right and she was like if you had my sister, wouldn't still be alive? Well, with, oh, yeah, exactly. That brings up a whole other plot point that we're going to get into with the legacy characters, decisions characters make, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Because I feel like that has been probably one of the most debated points. Why would Sydney come back? And we're going to fucking get into all of that shit. And I can tell you exactly why, motherfuckers. You're talking with the biggest screen fans ever. Like, they're going to have a legit reason to bring these people back. Not just nostalgic reasons. Like, we have real fucking reasons. But anyways, right. uh, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So they enlist <laughs> Dewey. We get to go back to Randy's, uh, the, the Randy Meeks Memorial Theater. Don't forget <laughs> that we get to hear Dewey's theme song again. Oh, yes. dude. It, it's apparently from Broken Arrow, which I didn't. It doesn't matter. It's Dewey's theme. It's right. Dewey, right. Exactly. 
I got fucking chills down my spine. Do you know how important music is, ladies and gentlemen, in these movies? It's everything. And this soundtrack is fire, by the way. Guess what we didn't get in Scream 4? Dewey's theme. We did not. Guess what we didn't get in Scream 4? Anybody's fucking theme. We didn't get Red Right Hand. We didn't get shit. But we got something to die for. And I love, I, I really do love Scream 4 in a lot karma. of ways, but I also feel like um, not having that can be very detrimental. Now, what can fucking turn around and completely on the flips, on the, on the opposite side of things, when you use music like this sparingly and timed perfectly like they do in this movie, it can honestly end up being the most effective things in the movie and like you said christian when they played his theme when he fucking shows up like i'm i'm sorry but head to toe fucking goosebumps yeah like it brought mm-hmm. chills for sure i loved it and then Plus he was limping like in scream too anyway yeah <laughs> and he mentions that he mentions yeah. like i've been stabbed nine times right like <laughs> yeah his dialogue is razor fucking sharp in this and they're, they're so aware, and I, I think that's, I don't know, like, the complaints that I've heard about this movie, uh, right, the complaints that I've heard about this movie, um, I have fucking Mike Tyson counters. Well, to. that, and people are like, it's basically just a knockoff of four. No, it's fucking not. What do you mean? That's like, they're saying it's just a redo of part four, and people don't like the term requel, and uh no it's different but you gotta understand something as well when you're getting into these types of movies i don't know what people expect in terms of what the killer's motives are but they're all generally the same whether it's fame whether it's you know uh toxic fandom you know we want it to be more like the original except what i've said before though was there's always at least one killer though that did have a more personal agenda against their main target well, this one didn't really have that. I agree, dude. And I agree. And it's always been, Scream has always been about lineage. Always. It's it always is, been though. about the mm-hmm. sins of the father. Always has been, right? So there's always the sins of the mother. And the mother, yes. Uh, they fucked their eight ways from Sunday. Oh, the sins <laughs> of the Whatever, yeah. So the sins of the father, obviously, in this, which we haven't even mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, but there is a scene uh, in the hospital to which Sam is taking a pill and and she lifts her head and up in the mirror. Billy fucking Loomis. Billy's ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you've seen a ghost. Uh, but that's that is same the, visions of your dead father. Yes. Now that is an element to which has yet been. That's not introduced. true. Technically, okay. Sydney was seeing her dead mother in Scream Three. In Scream Three, so okay. ghosts like are somewhat part of the universe, I guess. Uh, sold, sold. You know, like, but but if, if they want, if people want to say it hasn't been done. It has. Now, do you think, though, when they did introduce Billy, were you like, oh, wow, so they're introducing Supernatural? Did you think that they were going to go off the rails with it? Where did you think they were going with this? Um, I thought it was psychological. It's right. I still think, yeah, it's hallucinations. I think it's like it's the only way for them to still keep the sense of reality, but still find some way to bring someone back that couldn't. Did you like it? Did you like that element? Because it's it's it is new to Scream. Well, while it's not the first time, like Lacey Lou said, 
it is pretty new to the franchise. Was it jarring? Was it like, I think ah. because it played a bigger role in this. And I even think they did it with Scream <laughs> three. Yeah. Right. Especially, um, except I, I remember saying before that I'm not a big fan of the fact that maybe it was unintentional, but almost trying to make them like an anti-hero by helping yep. Sam at the very end of the movie. Um, that's why I think it's cool that they have him like the first time and maybe in the car because I like his whole cutting fucking throats line <laughs> like that so I think you know twice is good and then let it be all Sam in the finale um, right but I, yeah so I like it I think they overused it a little bit maybe right. they could have just kept some good moments um, without yeah like not the head nod he gives and like the water or whatever was going on there like of <laughs> Sam's approval right Right. You know what I did like about that, though, was they did build up this thing where, you know, it's like, I I think Ghostface said it to her while I, it was probably Amber, I think. Yeah. Walking down the hall with the Ghostface thing, he's like, maybe you just weren't made for this franchise, you know? And there was this whole question when Sydney, she's like, oh, she's tough. Like, is she tough enough to be able to withstand the situation like this, you know, it, can she be a final girl, you know? Right. And I love how they kind of flip that around and making Billy an anti-hero. I don't think it was that at all. I think it, uh, it being in her head. No, wasn't the, the, him. the point was though, that the, 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 the killer's motive was to make her the villain. Right. So because right. she is his daughter. Correct. So, yeah. I mean, he's still very much the villain yeah. and, mm-hmm. And so he's still the reason why all this shit is happening 100%. because she's related to him. Hundred percent. So I mean, I have a question. Yeah. yeah. How does Richie or Amber know that she sees visions of him? Um. So I would assume that Richie knew because he was dating her. Because well, no, because <laughs> he, he didn't know anything. Because she, yeah. when she told uh, Tara at the hospital, she's like, "Were you listening behind the door?" Yeah. And like, he was listening in, but she didn't say that she was seeing visions of him to Tara. No, but yeah. but he says it in the end where he's like, "You're seeing visions of your dead father." Like he so says, saying she explained it to him after the fact, and we just didn't get to see it. Richie says it to in the reveal at the end. Yeah, well, she when she probably would have had to have said it at yeah, some. Yeah, it's point. the only way for it to make sense. Yeah, but like, <laughs> even when even when she's like, "I gotta go get something to eat," and then she takes the pill, like he's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." Like that, that to me, I took that as I'm not just a supportive boyfriend. I'm the supportive boyfriend that knows that my girlfriend needs to take her pill and she needs to take it with food. Like, that's just how I perceived it. And if you're dating someone, like, I just feel like, while while she didn't know the, com- he, he didn't know the complete truth from her per se, he knew the truth anyways. I mean, they even said it like at the end, you know, they're like, it wasn't hard to find out. Like your mother's a whore. Like they even said it. Like, and, and your mother's a drunk. And you know, yeah, she's the new marine. Exactly. So they knew. They knew well before. Absolutely. You know, they probably knew more than than obviously all of them knew later on in the movie. But anyways, uh, or more than they alluded to, kind of at the end. Um, but I thought that was a great fucking angle. I do think though. You know, one of the biggest flaws is is Kyle Gallner for sure. And while I love the Skeet Ulrich shit, it was just a bit too fucking much. The nod at the end. The yeah. nod at the end. That's the clincher. 
<laughs> it was so stupid. And just like time after time, it's like, all right. Like, and why is he yeah. in his like outfit that he died in? Well, that makes sense because they're watching the true Hollywood story on at Randy's Well, how did house. they get that picture of that's Billy a, Loomis at the, the party? That's a, <laughs> I just did maybe her mom snapped that picture at With the that party. Blue shirt, right. You know, because right. it was a picture at the party, right? Well, technically, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I've always been caught up on on the 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 promotional stills that they use for movies that end up with and Sydney's um, technically in that shot. Right. Not like in that exact shot that they showed like in this new movie, but she is in the full version of the 100%, picture. Hundred <laughs> percent. So somebody would have had to have taken like a snapshot and yeah. you know. I don't know. It's one of those promo shots that they threw in there. Well, <laughs> and plus there, like, were, there were camera, Gail brought her camera, not that it was that exact shot but whatever <laughs> um but yeah no this whole this whole movie though is obviously setting up this new cast uh we didn't really talk about the meeks twins yet we talked about her monologue that she has which i absolutely fucking love the other twin i think he's cool i think he's all right like he's not like my favorite by any means Hobbs and shaw <laughs> yeah <it's- laughs> It's a little much, but it's, it's so ridiculous. It's so fucking stupid. Cuba Gooding Jr. son, chill out. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know what? He wrote a speech about Scream for a college paper. Yes. So mm-hmm. I feel like we're connected. Yeah, no, that's what I mean, though. This whole cast, they are fucking obsessed with these movies. You know, we watched them do a uh, a questionnaire uh, promo thing about the original Scream movie, and they were all so into it. Uh, Nev Campbell, like, she was asked a question about Roman, uh, about the killer in three, and she's like, she forgot who it was. I saw that interview too. <laughs> I think it's funny the... when the legacy cast doesn't remember the answers, but everyone else does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, they knew a lot of the answers. Clearly, they're all fans of it. Some of it just, like, meshed together for them. Right. In terms of some filming experiences. And yes. like us as fans, we're like, what do you mean you missed that? <laughs> right. It <Yeah>. was you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Now, Especially like you have to think about from like our own perspective. Like if we were to make a movie or like, you know, write a paper, I don't think we would obsess over our own work from that perspective. Right. Right. Now, um, I hate to do it, but we have to kind of go back here for a minute, back to the hospital. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things though is the fact that I didn't. I didn't realize that Sam was stalling for time. I like that aspect. So they kind of tricked Ghostface. Um, I loved how Ghostface was taunting him. Like, which one do you want me to kill? Well, I mean, to they totally, like, the fucking, when he slices Richie's arm. Yes. Like, that happens to every killer, almost. And Derek. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but so, Derek was meant to be a red herring, and that's why that happened. There, there's a lot of those things, though. That okay, so in every one, uh, the killer wears a plaid shirt. Like it, there's there's a lot of mirrors where you can either chalk it up to oh they're either trying to fool us or it's it's going to be a direct correlation. I think all mm-hmm. these things are set in place purposefully. Some of them are utilized. Some of them aren't. You know, yeah. same with the name, same with everything. Everything's connected. Whether it's it's the actual killer or not, that's it doesn't matter. It's right. all connected, though. It's all a mirror of the first movie, and there's all these connections um, and all that kind of stuff. But um, so when Dewey goes back, oh, by the way, I do love the ghost face thing 
with the voice changer going on, the sound <laughs> it makes. Brrr, Seeing the red light. <laughs> how it powers on like that. Dope ass scene. Like, do you think it's possible that you wouldn't be able to hear her voice though? Uh, yeah, if, if it's right up to it, yeah. You think? Yeah, I don't know how she held it there. It's probably I don't know. in the mask. Like attached? Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Because those faces. <laughs> you have to actually... use your tongue to click a button. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I thought that was cool. And I want to say this as well. In this movie, all the fucking scenes with Ghostface, ghost I think, are fucking incredibly shot. It makes Ghostface look menacing. And there's been so many complaints about, oh, I wouldn't buy that bitch, you know, with her size in that costume. That's always been a thing in Scream. Like, you're, it always looks like a tall fucking dude in those fucking, in in the things. So, in terms of, like, realistically buying it or not, um, I feel like if anything in this franchise, it has to get a pass for that. Because let's face it, if we saw a little fucking, you know, five foot nothing ghost face, we'd be like, oh, that's that little bitch right there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I will give it a pass in terms of things like that. But anyways, going back to the hospital scene, it's one of the most brutal scenes. Dewey goes back. It is the most brutal scene in any of the films. I agree. Uh, You got to shoot him in the head. Dewey goes back. Uh. Gail calls him, distracts him for a split second while Ghostface fucking gets him. It's a horrible scene. Uh, It's so fucking sad. Mm -hmm. And that's when she says it's an honor. Yeah, I mean... Do you think that she believes it? I do. I I do do too. Yeah. And there's something about that that's fucked up, but... Satisfying? Yeah. Like, it, it almost mirrors... Like, they say that they're fans... But a, a line like that really does reflect it in the movie. So it brings credence to their motive. I still want to fucking kill them both, and I'm glad they both die. But at the same <laughs> time, it shows that their motivation, and, and let's you know skip ahead, their motivation is toxic fandom. They don't believe it's a thing. They believe that it should be like the original. Like you should you should have some respect for the original, not where the franchise ended up in part eight. So they have certain reverence for the originals. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. Hitting on that line, um, it's an honor. Um, I think it hit even more like the first time seeing the film. Yeah. um, Because we watched that trailer so many fucking times. Like literally, like we had that thing on repeat for like, two months on end <laughs> it's an honor and like i mean that's how it was. I was like hello sydney it's an honor you know yes we watched the uh spanish version of oh. uh, of the trailer while we were like, in scream one yeah um so um but i mean to to have it be hello like to not even know that that's get, was that was the context oh that my god get that line right mm-hmm. and it just it cut me to my core yeah. no pun intended right. right um you know and the way that he went like oh god he jumped in the car i like, know he was just like well we gotta survive we want to help her this is the gail said he was not a coward no and dude, this is what i'm saying though people are missing it this is the core of the movie right there and the thing right is right there in that scene this right here 
he was not oozing with inexperience. He was going back because he is experienced. Yes. And unfortunately, his fucking phone rang. And, you know, I do want to talk about this scene uh, real quick here um, because you have uh, Jack Quaid, Richie. Yeah. You have Sam. You have Tara. You have Dewey. And then you obviously have the one who's under Ghostface, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, when Dewey shoots Ghostface, right? Yes, yes. Jack Quaid, uh, Richie. Oh, right. Like, it, it, it's so much more apparent on rewatches. Um, <laughs> he's like, I, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, he looked very concerned when he's, like, looking over at Ghostface. Like, like did, did he did just you, fucking kill my girlfriend? Like, did you pick <laughs> yeah. up on it, Christian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think we've said this, like, I, I mean, it wasn't the biggest reveal on the planet anyway. And so upon rewatches, it really does become more like, okay, okay, here we go. Let's right. pay attention to the spatial expressions. And you are correct. Especially well, when I watched it again yesterday. I was like, yep, he's not looking very scared right now or relieved. Right. <laughs> he's yeah, he even was, more anxious than he did originally. Yeah, he was <laughs> very concerned when um, she got shot. Right. Yeah. And um like it was like he wanted to go back and help her yeah and but, like, he but, but he couldn't yeah and then he's probably like thinking in the elevator like what if she does get shot in the fucking face and now people are going to be asking questions because they're going to pull the mask up and reveal you know so right. like what do you think he would have done i mean like that right. been, that that would have been interesting to have a killer die mid-movie well, and there's still another one out there. That would be an interesting. I would have loved that. It's the only dynamic, though, between the two killers where one hasn't set the other one up. Right. So they were the only actual team because obviously, uh, oh, Mickey, there's not going to be a sequel. <laughs> like shit like that. And then obviously in the first one, I mean, it, they didn't straight up do it. But Billy would have fucking like when he's stabbing him. At no yeah. moment did I think that mm-hmm. Stu was actually fucking in charge there, right? Yeah. So, right. And, and then same with Charlie. <laughs> I mean, Charlie's the biggest mm-hmm. cock of the fucking franchise that he was set up. She's like, just like you said, you and Trevor uh, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know? So they were all set up, but they were the only team and and they were a couple, obviously. Um, and they were batshit crazy. And they were. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to say that uh, when we went and seen it opening, or the preview night, uh, yeah. before opening night, um, in this hospital scene when, you know, uh, he's like, not today. Oh. And um, like me and Dan were like literally like holding hands, holding our breath. And... Uh, when he, you know, he like flipped her down and then like got everybody. It was a good fight. And got into the elevator, like we were like, we literally, we did it too fucking soon. We breathed a sigh of relief. We both looked at each other and like literally blew out. Like we go, whoo. And then he goes, no, we got to And we both looked back at the screen. We're like, no, No, this is it. Fuck. (laughs) I know. That was so brutal. You know, that's the end. Yeah. No. End of an era. And you know, with that whole dramatic thing when he's loading up his fucking six shooter and <laughs> Sorry, everything. Sorry, guys, I'm a little sick, so I apologize for the cough. Oh, no, it's okay. Mm. Uh, with, with everything, I feel like they dealt with it with such respect, with such realization where the story is going. Not, not the story as a franchise. I mean, this fucking entry. That scene with him and Gail was so goddamn emotional 
and it broke down. Like, <laughs> Gail is a fucking G, too. Like, I believe her. When she said she came back from Dewey, she's like, I'm 90% here because I was worried about you. You know, I believe that. There's no bullshit anymore between these characters. It's all face value. It's all very real. And it's all super sad. But I felt like with all the conversations that they had and then everything leading up to Dewey's death, it was all fucking done in such a respectful way, in a way that I've never seen done in a horror franchise. You gotta do these things segmentally. You gotta, I don't even know if that's a fucking word, but you gotta do it where you you preserve what these movies are and you realize that yes, this has to happen as a catalyst for these things to happen. Dewey fucking went back because he knew that Ghostface would not fucking stop. That's why Sydney came back. This is the most important thing. I don't think people realize. They're like, oh, how many fucking times is this going to happen to Sydney? Now, we've gone from straight revenge in the first couple away from that to where, you know, it was just, you know, with Jill and on the fringe and they wanted fame, <laughs> right? Now we're at the point where Sydney has nothing to do with this. She tells Dewey that that conversation she has with Dewey when she's on the pier there that is so important she's like believe me Dewey I have no fucking intention of ever setting foot in Woodsboro again but I don't think she, and well, then she died she knew though I think she knew even before Dewey died Dewey was her fucking friend that's what they said they said Dewey helped people like Sydney realized that's that was the catalyst obviously that 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 pushed her back that was the final thing but i feel like she knew she's been through this so many fucking times they weren't gonna stop there dude it doesn't matter she says that to sam because that's what's great about this fucking movie everybody asked that question guess what it's right there in the fucking movie when her and tara are talking they're like we're gonna do something that nobody else in these movies do we're gonna get the fuck out of woodsboro and you're like yeah go and and Sydney, then come. and then Sid's like listen bitch <laughs> <laughs> she's like i've been through this before they're not gonna stop this is did you watch stab two or three this shit right, happens to me outside right. of this town right <laughs> see exactly like she knows she's lived it this is experience what experience is is knowing that you can't play defense your whole fucking life you have to go get these motherfuckers or else she said, she's like, I have two daughters. She was like, I am, offense. she was like, I am not going to fucking sleep. Yeah. You have to go get them. Yeah. You have to nip that shit in the bud. And whether it was, you know, with well, great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> no, for real though. Like she knows what it is. This girl, she doesn't realize it yet. She just realized she's Billy's daughter. She has no idea that if she runs from this, it's going to catch up with her. And it's going to keep coming. And that is what makes Sydney Prescott the best fucking final girl. Exactly. Obviously, in the mm -hmm. first one, she's a fucking victim. None of it's happened before. By the second one, she's a fighter. She says it. And I believe it. And by the end, she fucking proves it. Now, in the third one, she tried moving away. Guess what? He fucking found her. It was only a matter of time. He's going to get her. 
right? Mm-hmm. Same with fucking four with the whole lineage thing. Well, that, she thought she could come out of hiding. Because she, I mean, she, she, well, she was out of the darkness and into the light. Right, and you right. have to be, though. Like, you can't run from that shit. What are you going to do? Sit there every day of your fucking life with the fucking alarm on, just knowing that some dumb motherfucker, whoever it is, because Ghostface is interchangeable with people, and there's a lot of fucking stupid people in this world, the next dumbass is going to get this idea and fucking come after you? Guess what? I am fucking Team Sydney. Let's go get these bitches and fucking cut their heads off. Right. Like, yep. that's how you got to... And, and people... I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Right! People don't understand that. Like, this is not Sydney the fucking victim anymore. You have to take charge of these things. And whether it's not a direct correlation to her, whether it's just fuck you, Sydney, revenge. Now she has fucking gone beyond that. She's well beyond that. Now she knows, like you said, there is a responsibility. She's like, I'm a part of this, whether I like it or not. And 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 I, I'm giving all the credit to Sydney, but Gail knew that too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, with, you said people bring up all these questions and it's right in the movie. Yep. Everything that I see people complain about, it's all, it's, it's, it's all it's in all, the movie. It's that's all the, movie. the movie. That's the point. Did you not watch the movie? You know, um, like when Mindy's going on the speech or whatever, you know, right. and she's like, it's about these fans, you know, she's like, be, when she's explaining, when people do sequels right. and how requels. they do the requels, sequels. Well, she's like, people don't even like the term requel, so yeah. it could be a sequel. You know, like, she's, yeah. You know what I liked about that? What? I thought that she didn't, uh, like, I was like, how did she know, like, how to, how, Break that down? how the killer's plot was? But there is a moment where it, it's so simple, but she goes, oh, he's trying, and it, like, just dawned on her right yeah. there. Yeah, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you, baby. But yeah, like, I just thought that that was brilliant. Even just adding in that little, oh, I just, the killer's trying to do a requel. And they're just like, oh, what? You know, like, she <laughs> didn't know it until then. Right. Um, no, but I just feel like everything that, like, people complain about in this movie, like, there's an answer for it in the movie for the people that are complaining about it. Because I, it's feel, the like, answer. I feel like this movie, it the, the entire thing, like so it's like appeasing everybody all right so for example like people like they wanted Stu back for the fans wanted Stu (laughs) back well we didn't give you Stu but we're giving you fucking billy right you got him back in some capacity right and kirby right (laughs) you want want horror movie trivia you fucking got it um you know with the elevated horror aspect because i mean think about it from 10 years from you know those type of movies didn't exist when Screen Four was around. They really didn't. Right. That's what I mean. Uh, there's so you know, that's a it's a whole mm-hmm. different level of horror that has yeah. dawned within the last decade. And, and only in horror. recent years, because of Halloween 2018, is when these franchises are coming back and younger audiences are discovering the slasher genre again because it was more elevated horror right before then. Yeah, right, and right. The, and they mention that in this because they they mention all the ones that you know bring back like the legacy characters like they even mention Halloween right like so it's, so it's, but that's it's not so, and they reference the Child's Play reboot which they said didn't work very well even though I really like it but they right. reference a bunch of the other ones right yeah I think I think it's just it's genius it really is the whole the whole plot surrounding everything it's it's really fucking smart and if you've been uh, in Facebook groups or anything. There are toxic fandoms. And, you know, I feel like because we Sydney are- should have been the killer. Oh my God, yeah. And that's why, you uh. know, or like your main 
red herrings or whatever, you know? Right. So, right, right, right. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I really do feel like there's an answer for everything that people are bitching about. Um, so if you have a question, just bring it to me and I'll direct you to the scene. Except for the, <laughs> except for the size of Ghostface. Like, I get that. You know, I completely get that um, element of it where, you know, nobody can see the this tiny girl in a big ghost face. Like, I get it. I totally get that, you know? Boots. I also think, though, and this is not based in reality, this is just my own personal thing where I feel like when it's Ghostface, no matter who it is, that's more Ghostface than anything. <laughs> they take on the Ghostface persona. And I'm not talking about in a literal sense. I just mean like in the movies, it takes almost this, this mythic approach to Ghostface where Ghostface moves the same, with, like you said, with the knife cleaning off Christian, all those things, it's very Ghostface. That's not necessarily <laughs> one character or another. All these characters embody Ghostface. And I feel like when it's Ghostface, it's Ghostface. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It really I mean, does. It doesn't make sense in the literal sense of like the story. But, but you know what? I feel like as a meta slasher, as fans that love these movies... Um, we can all accept that because this is a character. Um, it's several characters, yes, but at the same time, this is our killer. This is our masked killer. And I think that's where Scream can almost transcend a lot of different uh, slashers because with Michael Myers, we know it's Michael Myers. You know, with 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 this, it's different killers. You never know who's under the cape. And they all yeah. act and move like Ghostface does, right? In all. Mm -hmm. They all have the same manners. Same thing. Well, right? this one had, like, it was a little more menacing, as you said, but yeah. Um, and less clumsy, I would say, until like the end. When you know why I think some of the clumsiness <laughs> yeah. is not apparent? Because this was, this is my only like, I guess you could say big complaint Okay. this movie. I really want a good chase scene. I feel like we never got a really good one. We but got I a lot of ghost face jumping up from behind or, you know, a lot of like the, is he behind the door? Is he here kind of a thing before a character right. turns around and ghost face is there. But we don't get a fun ghost face chasing someone up the stairs or around the house the way like Sydney did in like the first one or Gail's chase in Scream 2. I don't think we ever got a really nice, oh, the killer is here in front of me. I know the killer is here and I'm being chased around for a little bit before I die. Well, and I- Which leads to some of the clumsiness. <laughs> but right. I do feel like the reason that we don't have that is because these killers, they know they're not like super strength. <laughs> right. So their strengths were to catch off guard. Right. Um, Which I get, but there's some of my favorite parts throughout the whole franchise. I, I, so. <laughs> uh, but uh, this one does have one of the most intense moments in the franchise, which is the Dylan Mementi scene. Because oh, I, the second half of this movie, or the second act of this movie is just relentless. Um, you know, with Judy Hicks and then Dylan Mementi and then Dewey. Like that, that whole span of that half hour, it's like so gut-wrenching you know well, you know what's great about it too is they're all tied together yeah like it all happens so i hate when movies are like all right well this without telling you you we're just going to assume this is the next day like that's not what happens what no, happened, he immediately gets in the car and then dewey goes with him <coughs> 
after those killings and we go to the hospital and yeah. then from the hospital that's when they decide to leave and then they try and dip from town and like it's end up at the party yeah it's, it's all, all one day <laughs> oh my god no that to me is so important in storytelling that to me it's everything like those events and how everything went down it's so fucking tense well, i believe this takes place over three days um, yes, yeah. I believe all the screen movies, if I remember correctly, took place over the course of three days. Yep. Yeah, because let's see, we have the opening, which would be one day. And then when Sam comes back to town, that's the next day. Yep. And that's usually when there's at least a, a kill and or an attack. And then all the shit goes down the last night. You know what's <laughs> great about that, too? You know what I realized when they're talking about all the events at the very end of the movie? They said 25 years almost to the day. What does that tell me? <laughs> Almost to the day tells me that they had a general plan of how it was going to go, of how to get fucking Sam back and, and Tara back and all that kind of stuff to the house. Right. But it wasn't a solid plan. Like when he pulls out that inhaler and he's just like, I, I can't, can't believe, believe that worked, you know? <laughs> Um, I feel like no matter what, they they would have improvised it because you kind of have to, right? Like, they like, didn't know exactly what fucking, you know, hospital fucking... No, uh, it, probably what would have happened is if that didn't work, then, you know, uh, fucking Amber would have called and been like, Ghostface is going to kill so, me or right. something. They, they, they could have easily lured them back. 100%. Yeah, it's like, the, well, Tara just took a nap in the back seat and didn't even check. Like, right. there's so many things that could have gone wrong in that plan. So, and while, Christian, I really agree, there's no chase scene, but I do believe that we got some elements that that didn't necessarily work in Scream 4. Well, with the whole kind of was a chase scene. It's close, but about. not really. I mean, well, ish. Right. He gets well, hurt immediately. <laughs> no, no, no. He gets hurt. At, no, and I, I completely agree with that. But I did like the technology aspect when they use that. The best part of that, though, was when he was trying to turn it off. And he's trying to swipe on his phone ah, with the, the blood. blood. <laughs> oh, I love it. I was like, that's so dope. Because we've all been there with our when our fingers are wet and we yeah. kick our phone. Oh, when there's blood like, all over your hands, you try to access yeah. your phone. Yeah. And then he just throws <laughs> it. And I'm like, yes, just throw it. But then even then, I'm like, Ghostface is still right there. And then you see him running away. And you're just looking at that fucking shed door. And you're like, he's going to come out of there. <laughs> like, he's coming. And then he does. And, but just the cinematography. Ghostface mm. looks so dope. And he stabs yeah. the fuck out of him. Yeah. He was like doing it screen two. And it's like, right. yeah, you're dead. And then, nope, just kidding. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, yes. What's so great, I think, though, is that, like, these movies, they take technology. And they're supposed to be these things that help us. But in these movies, it turns it against us. Right, right, it turns right. against you. Or, yeah. You know, and like they use it against you. 100%. And it's just super smart of how, you know, something that's supposed to help you yep. is what's going to end up be helping you meet your demise. Right. And it's right. just, it's so smart. <laughs> I like how they're Do like, you think Amber actually cloned her, her phone or just used hers? Oh, no. <laughs> it's it was weird, her right? Like, but right. If you noticed, though, like, uh sam didn't have like anybody's number saved but like when they would call it would say maybe amber freeman yeah maybe cindy prescott right right like those were the that was the number like it would say like yeah. it would say unknown right. but it would say their names underneath which i thought was interesting right so mm -hmm. it would have had to be from her phone right in order for it to be say that yeah no yeah. i agree no, yeah, I, I couldn't I totally have been agree. just like a like you can't just clone a fucking phone. So th that's what okay. The, 
<laughs> like they cloned his cell there. Like they talk about it in the original. I still, to this day, like don't hear about people cloning phones. No, it's not a thing. No. I have no idea what that even means. Right. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like, on, obviously, we're going from something from the original, and they call it cloning the phone. So, I'm not going to fuck with it. I'm just saying, like, in 2022, I don't know that as, like, a normal thing. No, I think that just, like, has to be, like, in the Scream universe. <laughs> right. Right. Now, right. okay. One like of the my, voice changer. <laughs> one of my yeah. biggest uh, highlights of this movie, obviously, leading up, to uh you know the final showdown at Stu Marker's house um and now Amber's house uh one of my favorite fucking characters was Jack Quaid now I was on the fence with him at some of it but he had some fucking ah it's Ghostface and like there's so many great lines and I love the fact that he plays the the non-horror fan but after you watch it he's totally a horror fan because he's making so many references in the car on the way to woodsboro right he's like that sounds like halloween so and right. then he also and then he yeah. also references friday the 13th clearly this dude knows his fucking slashers which i didn't right. pick up on on first watch and then clearly he's just so happy to be re-watching that like, well yeah. he thought that friday 13th jason was the killer so <laughs> right, about right. That one. see <laughs> well, and, and, yeah exactly and i just love how he came off as like dumb obviously and, <clears throat> and and then he's kind of playing towards it like the kind of the newbie horror fan and and whatever he's just I, so happy to watch the stab re-watch the stab movies yes, yes. And, and did you, can't you tell that it's the drew barrymore scene that he's listening to oh yeah like it really yeah. is the audio from yes <laughs> yeah and uh and when we see him watching netflix and when he's watching stab eight we found out the gentleman that is in the ghost face mask with the flamethrower is actually channing tatum it's not to <laughs> channing tatum no who it, was it? That is Shaggy. Matthew Lillard. Oh, it is Matthew Lillard. <laughs> that is Matthew yeah. Lillard. Now, let's get into this, you guys. So Matthew Lillard's voice <laughs> was also used at the party, along with everybody else's when they're doing the toast to yeah. Wes. Should I see I, who all is the Jamie Kennedy, Adam Brody, Henry Winkler? Am I missing anyone? Is it Anthony Anderson in there? Adam Brody and Winkler were in there too. I love I heard it. that Adam Brody was one of them too. I love dude. That, what does that tell you, though, that these filmmakers just <laughs> oh, love it uh, so much? Was it yeah. Hayden in there, too? Oh, um, I think she was. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you had mentioned earlier, Christian, you were the one that pointed this out to us. Um, what was it? When we were going? Before our second, second watch. Second watch. Yes. Yeah. That uh, Kirby was still alive. Was still alive. Yeah. That's why I had to hide it when we were doing our Spring 4 conversation. Yes. I was like, I can't bring up the fact that Kirby actually lived. <laughs> it was now, hard. Now, to me, though, that and with all the characters that have survived this one, that just screams to me, no pun intended, uh, future installments. You know, uh, so much of these movies is the lore, right? The characters, the town of Woodsboro, um, all these things. And they're almost at this point in our lives, they've been around for so long, they're almost mythic in a lot of ways. So when we get characters that that are brought back that were maybe killed in one that we don't know. And then they're just going to say, oh, she's actually alive. Like, wink, wink. Like, we're not going to make her a character, but we're going to set it up for later. Right. I think that's so fucking brilliant. And that tells me the caliber of storytelling that these guys know that they're dealing with. Meaning they're playing the long game here. They can work 
or they could not work. Like, say that, say fucking Scream 5 flopped. 106 fucking million worldwide it did not flop, folks. But if it did, they could have just thrown that in there and that and that, that's and, a two-week total. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that could have been that. But you know what? They put it in there. They have fucking plans. There's so much room for longer storytelling these days with, with your Cobra Kai's, with all these things that excel in that format. The fact that we're getting, you know, a screen movie that's setting things up like that and paying homage to all the actors and all the people that were involved for like, why the fuck? You don't have to have Adam Brody back. That's fucking amazing that they did. Same with Drew. When Drew Barrymore was talking about it on her show, she's like, I know a couple things about it, but I can't talk about it. I'm like, you, how the fuck are you involved? I know you're involved. <laughs> tell me how. And even if it's just a voice like that, that just tells me the level of respect and love that everybody, everybody involved in this fucking franchise has for the franchise. Right. I love it. I love it. There's so much fucking love that I honestly, I will fucking fight anybody that will tell me any different that Scream 5 isn't the best franchise out there in terms of horror movies. Yeah, and especially slashers. There's nothing that comes close. Who do you got, Jason? Jason doesn't even get a fucking legitimate backstory. You don't even see a scene of his fucking backstory until the 2009 remake. They don't even pay it that respect. (laughs) They do a little bit of Freddy versus Jason, but... (laughs) Even more, that's why Freddy versus Jason is one of my favorites, Christian Craig. Exactly. (laughs) You don't get that till years later. Halloween has too many timelines. How many fucking timelines? Laurie Strode? Okay, fine. Which version? <laughs> like what version are we talking about there's no fucking several versions of sydney prescott there's only one gail weathers you fucking dumb bitches these characters <laughs> so much they're they're so legitimate that they don't need to fucking reboot itself halloween needs to reboot itself because it fucking sucks because it's stale because you're talking about the same dude that can't die you know why he can't die because they got no other fucking better ideas and i'm not saying i do like that's a fucking one-off maybe a two and three off no. meaning like one and h2o there you go there are your movies i would like to address mike merriman at this moment fuck mike merriman no, um no he he made a comment about do we say this one feels different uh, it says it feels different is exactly the same that's the fucking point mike and i think that you missed it and there's a key moment in this movie at the end when sydney rolls up to the house uninvited might i ask right like she just put a tracker on somebody's fucking car offense just, yes so <laughs> she knew to go there like they didn't know she was gonna show up there. Right. Like Sydney's a badass. She threw herself into it this time. So yes, yeah, she does deserve a final girl title. Fuck like, yeah. She's fighting for her family at this point. She's right. transcended a victim. Richie and Amber had to work hard because now they attacked like- Tara to get Sam there, and then hopefully through Sam, they could also get Sydney there so they could kill off the legacy characters. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> big six degrees of Kevin Bacon scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but like they yes. didn't have to show up there okay and and that was a big she's point. like we got you here didn't we 
No, she brought herself there. No, when they talk about it. Okay, so this is a very important thing because I, they, I'm sorry, God. No, go ahead. They said a line in there where it, it alluded to the fact of having the legacy characters come back, which presents a problem because what, like we said, Sid does put herself in it, but they also say in that, that it was Dewey. So when Jack Quaid went to Dewey's house and when they're trying to get Dewey back, one legacy character would have done for them. They didn't need to go. Now, which is to the whole point of Sidney Prescott's fucking offensive kind of, um, you know, maneuvers there. They, I don't believe, now they never alluded to this, but this is the whole point of the fucking thing. I don't believe that these killers would have stopped there. They, 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 they would have went after Gail and Sydney eventually, eventually, if they're that fucking psychotic or some other ones that were inspired by them would have went after it. So would have went after them. So you have to fucking play the offensive. You have to. But Dewey, as they explained, sufficed for them. They needed a legacy character. And then that's where they mentioned, well, Dewey came back and we got him. So they didn't need Sydney and Gail. No, um, but I was trying to get to a point to when... Sorry, I'm excited. I can tell. Um, (laughs) And and that's a good point. But um, (laughs) no, so when Sydney rolls up to the house and Ghostface calls her because, you know, obviously Amber came outside and they're like, it's a trap. Yeah. Um, The point is that, you know, after Gail gets shot and Sydney goes into the house alone by herself and gets a call from Ghostface and... She was like, and, and the killer goes, not, I'm not Amber. I'm the other one. And she's like, oh, there's two of you. I've seen this movie before. And they're like, not this movie. And that's the point, Mike, right there. And what you just said, it right. feels different, but it's the same. Exactly. They're acknowledging it right here. It is the fucking same they're laughing at you because you expected something different. Right. So and, this movie definitely does feel different to me compared to the others, but they do hit a lot of the same notes and, that they're going for. But that's why it's funny because Sydney yeah. is on the phone with this person. And, and she's bored. And she's bored. <laughs> so that's, that's the exact point. And Mike Merriman, there is the answer to your fucking question. It's in the movie. You're welcome. We're bored. Mike. And congrats to her. This is the first time she answered her own phone in a while. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And again, Sydney goes in there just fucking shooting all the doors. Kill her or not, I'm fucking coming and swinging. <laughs> I was scared. I was like, how many bulls does she have left? Like, I was trying to keep track the first time watching this. I was and scared, though. Was it going <laughs> to be any left? guns in her trunk ready to go. I'm sorry. Ned Campbell looks so good in this, too. Did she not? It's she does. She's it's, she does. Look, yeah. It's the best she's looked in fucking years. Now, with that said, Going in, I love her character. I love the fact that she's shooting through all the doors because that's exactly what you got to do. Like, that is like a fucking, that, that is a boss way to maneuver your life after you've been attacked again and again. And, and they play her theme song as well when she enters the house. Oh, dude, I didn't even, <laughs> can I be honest with you? I didn't even notice that until uh, this last watch. And then it really hit me. I was like, oh my God, they played Sydney's theme too. Fuck. And fuck. You know what was, so good. You know what was noticeable about her character versus the last two movies from three and four? four? This felt very much like her character from part two. 
Right. So where she was strong. Oh, yeah. Because of the jacket. Uh, not, <laughs> not only that, but like, but like she was witty. She was she was witty in part two, right? You know, and parts three and four, she feels kind of like a battered woman. Yeah. And this yeah. one, she felt very strong, and she's like seemed like something Gail Weathers would do. Yes. You know, like Love that I line. mean, it, it felt like you know, um, she was like talking to you know Randy and all the guys in part two. It really felt like her character into like it right. felt like the same right and that's mm-hmm. why it feels a little bit like they ignore three and four so even though they well, don't uh, yeah it feels like it yeah you know what's funny <laughs> so we're talking about the daughter of billy loomis yeah nobody <laughs> mentions your fucking crazy ass <laughs> grandma, grandma. <laughs> Like, exactly. I feel, I feel like that should be an <laughs> integral part of it as well. And but I get it. Like, listen, I'm not gonna be mad if a movie's going back and referencing fucking Billy fucking Loomis and and all these characters that I love. I get it. Like, it's 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 the whole story. But I'm still satisfied with that. Now, you had mentioned a scene which I fucking adore when they first roll up and Amber comes out and she's like, ah, oh. and she's like, she's like, what do you think? She's like it's a trap, right? <laughs> like and she's I just, like, oh fuck it. No, Amber is like literally, like so impulsive. I okay. I'm gonna say something I know is gonna be unpopular because people do not like her. I fucking love this crazy bitch. She is so fucking out of her mind. <laughs> I like her more than Richie in terms right. of colors. Richie, I love as well though, and that's when you break it down. And and I love them both. I think once. The twist is revealed. and Which it's is re- pretty quick. It's revealed pretty quick. Yeah. And, uh, so well, at least the first one, and then it took a while. Right. Welcome Richie to Act 3. Right. Yeah. Now, what did you, you were so happy when I, she well, shot that I was like, thank, well, she's such a terrible actress. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, she's like, I don't his blood. Like, right. the, the fucking killer. Like, I don't know how she said it. It was really like, weird. Do you think I'm boring now? Let me take these chips out of your head. <laughs> she sounds <laughs> so fucking aggressively. Like, yeah, was, Are you afraid of me? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I love, like, see, she's a host. She wanted to go upstairs and have sex. Right. And he's like, yeah, you might be the kid. Like, they just didn't make sense as a couple to me. Right. Um, yeah. But I do love the song where they're making out on the couch. Like, yes. I, I love, like, oh, dude. Yeah, Lacey Wu, I want to say something about you because <laughs> you know, like she introduces me to music that I find so like prominent and prevalent in my life. And with this soundtrack, I'm so happy, but y- I noticed that you were vibing with it. And I wasn't sure at first. I was like, I don't know if I like this song. I don't know. Now, after third watch, I fucking love this soundtrack. Yeah. This soundtrack is done, which is a tough thing to do, guys. Now, when you're talking about introducing new music into a franchise, it's really fucking tough. It's really tough. I think they did it. It smooth. matched the tone. It, it, thank you. It that was perfectly said. It matched the tone. And yet it matched the characters. When I hear that end song now, like I was just playing. I am so fucking in love with some of these songs now that that means even more to me. Like, that's not something I anticipated. That's not something I go in like, oh, is this going to be the new Creed song? <laughs> like, it's not it's it's not that type of vibe. What if? What if? 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. Um, but to see these We don't songs- need a requel of that. Okay. Um, these songs were amazing and I loved it. 
<laughs> and it really brought emotion to it. And I feel like it reflected the love that the actors and the filmmakers and everybody involved with this had. And it was fresh and it was new. And I really appreciate that. Uh, now, anyways, back to the reveal. Now, Amber is fucking crazy as shit. I love it. Like, that's one of my favorite fucking things. Like, she's batshit crazy. They made multiple psycho references. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's another thing, too. Um, I was trying to make an Arbogast thing. Uh, refer- Arbogast. I was trying to make that reference um, because he's like, you ever seen Psycho? Um, he's I in be- the shower. I believe Arbogast got fucking stabbed in the face, though, when he fell down the stairs. Did he not? Like in the original Psycho. So when he did stab him kind of in the neck, I feel like oh, it was more of that of a reference as opposed to the that shower scene. That hurt, too, by the way. It did. It was sad. We didn't even get to know that character that much and we loved him. And that's why I think, uh, uh, that's why I think that these group of kids, it's so effective how they use them early on in the movie. Because when that scene does unfold, man, I was super sad that he died. I thought he was either going to be a killer or be one of the kids that survived for the next one. I mean, I wasn't sad when Tatum died. No. No, right. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Even I wasn't when... sad. I was kind of disappointed. Kind of right. Like... Yeah. I, was, yeah. I mean, because she actually like fought back. But even with mm-hmm. the stupid frosted tips, like it just yeah. I don't know, like, like but but it's I think it's because like the way his mom was explaining him. Yeah. Before she's like he's he would never hurt anyone. He's such a good kid. He's like that's not before I got your baby boy. Like oh man. Judy. Judy. Oh, Judy. <laughs> uh yeah no. <laughs> and she's like I prefer animated films and musicals. Animated films and musicals. Which totally <laughs> makes sense for her. It right. Does. She oh. was tired. She she was a lost boy. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's lost forever. She calls him Tiger, and and yeah. she was Tiger Lily. Well, maybe that's why he had stripes in his hair. Oh, there you or go. Was it a tiger? There you God. go. It all <laughs> <laughs> no, but even with like, um, I'm, no, I'm not gonna get the sushi delivered because it gets all smushed. No, I know you don't like that. And he's like setting the plates and you know yeah. the chopsticks and like he's just getting everything. He is a good boy, and he carries he carries the tasers and. And then when he says, no, fuck you, like, I, I, okay, here's, like, I like to think I'm big and strong, but I feel like that would be me. Like, I would probably try and say, fuck you, but it's Ghostface, and, you know, he'd probably get me. So I found that very effective. And I thought that was a very intense scene with the doors and, like, because you don't think... You literally don't think somebody's going to die that quickly. Right. I don't think that's happened in any of the other movies. Um, Not in broad daylight in that capacity to where she just died and now you're going to kill him too. You know what? Like I really didn't think they were going to kill him. Right. I want to jump to, um, is it Mindy, the twin? Yeah. I want to jump to her death. It's a lot. It wasn't a death. It's a lot of blood. But it wasn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, When she's watching Randy... And uh, she's in the same spot that he's in. And it's this whole thing, obviously. Um, and she looks up because she's like, she's like, fuck, I need to look behind me. Yeah, I stand yeah. by the fact, though, that that scene looked nothing like it was from the same movie with the Heather Graham part. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not look like it could have been the same movie. No, yeah, it looked like a cheap, right. It looked like a, yeah. to, to straight yeah. to video version. But, I, but it was a Joe nobody. I did like that, though. <laughs> Because when Ghostface went to go attack her, they cut away. 
And it makes you think, like, well, why are they cutting away? And then it's it just shows Sam running in there. And then she fucking hits him with the, I think it's a fucking light or something, whatever. And then Ghostface bounces. Oh, that, but let's, we've never seen Ghostface run away, really, <laughs> except off stage in part two. Right. But he just straight, like, ah, ran away. <laughs> that to me was hilarious. Like, ah, fuck. Like, this isn't yeah. what I planned. It's I like similar of- in part four after Sydney throws him like down the stairs with right. her, but uh, right. the cops come in. Yes. <laughs> like, I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, I, I think like the most off-putting thing is when like Jack Quaid gets there and he's just like, like he's supposed to That's be driving. He's supposed to be driving these, like they're just there to get a fucking inhaler. Right. Like why didn't Sam just run in and get it? You yeah, know, right. like why did everybody have to run in and get it? And then he's asking And then the party for, gets shut down. For beer. Yeah, he asked for a beer. Which yeah, I it's like, if you're only going to plan on being here for two minutes, then why are you going to drink? And he goes, you want to come down and help me look for it? Like, what, dude? Like, what the fuck is happening here? You know? Like, it makes sense because in the capacity of that... He's trying uh, to kill her. Well, that she was down there with Amber. <laughs> right. And... He didn't know that, though. Well, Amber could have told him. But what do you mean, though, in terms of what? Well, because Amber was down in the basement with Mindy. Right. There's plenty of time for him to, for her to like text and tell him. Uh, right. Like, yeah, I was just in the right. basement with Mindy. Right. And she's trying to school me on how the horror movie should be. Like <laughs> right. I could see them like talking shit. Right. You know. Right. Um. I think it was a missed opportunity though that they didn't do at least some scene or some reference to the garage. Aside, uh, yeah, aside from yeah. that, aside from that moment. Yeah, know. we got we got different. Uh, we got the bat. We got the side of the house with the shed, and we saw different things. There are a lot more stairs this time around in this garage. Uh, yeah. Well, also, well, listen, that was the basement. Yeah, that was the basement, right? Oh, See, so they never wrong. went to the garage. They never I wish they did there. some reference to the garage. And that's what I liked about it, though. That's what I like. We saw different parts of Stu's house now. Biggest well, problem. Really his house, biggest though. problem with this movie. Now, while it works in terms of Sam as the character realizing it, I realize it's her realizing it as Sydney tells her on the phone, and I get that that's a moment for her. I don't understand why they did it as dramatically as they did because every fucking screen fan knew exactly where the fuck we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All new and those who don't know these movies wouldn't have been so like, oh my gosh, it's this house because they would have known what the hell they were talking about. Yes, (laughs) like you must be the, you might be the most derivative one yet. You're right, right, right. Yeah, same house. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And um, listen, going back to that though, and she's shooting in that same closet and going up the stairs, and you think of the scenes. Oh man, just it's it's. It's so much fun, but it's so fucking cool in so many aspects too, to have it updated and to have a new story going on. And then obviously when you figure out the the killer's motives, I think it was make or break when it came to that. You know, when they start getting into the motives and they start getting into toxic fandom, how can fans be toxic, you know? Like, they love it so much that they want to protect it, so they wanted to give them new material, and that new material was setting up Billy's daughter as the killer, and and that was their whole idea. Well, they got really fucking lucky to find that out, though. Right, on on a subreddit. 
Yeah, that's what they meant. But I, I don't know. With all these, like, oh, yeah, we met on, what was it, the second one? They met on the serial killer's fucking website or something. Like, it's all yes. very kind of vague in terms of the killer's meeting and stuff like that. But Jack Quaid's reveal, while it wasn't so much of a, oh, my God, it's a reveal. It's more of an homage to Billy it, when he's coming down the stairs. Yep, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably feels more like a stew. I know he's like a mixture of the two to me. I, I disagree. No, I think he has more of the personality of a stew, uh, but he was uh more of the mastermind. I feel like he was more in control uh than anything. I found him hilarious throughout the entire movie. They both were funny. They both were, yeah, absolutely. But him and then when the twist happens. Man, did he fucking go to town. And obviously, um, does anybody want to do the Meg Ryan thing? Why, why don't you do it? <laughs> okay. Uh, he has a young Meg Ryan myself. Which Jack Quaid is Meg Ryan's son. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is fucking awesome. Also. Campbell wanted to be a Meg Ryan and a good porno. Yes. Yeah. And also, um, now, Gail and Sid light this fucking bitch up because she's talking shit about Dewey. There's no other way. Like, I don't think any other... She said he died like a pussy. Right. I don't think any other type of death would have sufficed other than to burn that bitch up. So Gail hits her with the booze. They fucking shoot her. She falls on the fucking stove. I love it. It's my favorite part of the whole movie. Like, literally, it's just her and Gail finally just teaming up to take down the one that took away the one the one person that really bridged the gap between sydney and gail throughout these movies before right. they started um you know enjoying each other's company a lot more now <laughs> i i would have loved to see them even go more ham on her right Yo, yeah, they, keep they going. Should've. They should've. i know i don't like the fact that tara got the final blow i yeah, wanted right. them to be the one who was still able to kill her well even when uh Gail even says to Sid, I think she's like, You want this one? She's like, No, nah, you get this one. This one's yours. Like, yeah, this <laughs> one's yours. Like, she lets her take it, which Gail has an incredible fucking arc in this, you know, from the Gail Weathers that we knew from the first one. But I feel like there's always hope with Gail at the there end is. of all the movies. Yes. No, like, and for people who never thought of her as a final girl before, they should think of her as one now. And when she <laughs> says, When she was like, All right, well, you know, what are you going to write about? She's like, not this. <laughs> she was like, let them die, die in anonymity. I love that. No, that is so fucking important because she don't yeah. give fuck no more. She knows exactly but what But she says that every time, though. Right. Well, no, Gail wasn't right the last one. She never like, said that. Point. Like, it got, it got away from the franchise. So, but what she does say is she's going to write about a good man that was once a sheriff in this town, you know? And, and that, that... I predicted that last year when they, um, announced this movie i was looking uh, back over some previous people that was dming and i predicted i was like something's gonna happen either dewey and or sydney's gonna die and gail's gonna talk about how she's now gonna write less about <laughs> the killers and the deaths but more about the good people that were in her lives yeah. i literally looked back on a message that said that and so after watching this again i was like ha i got it and i bet you like if they do do a part do do a part six um the people are pissed that she didn't write about it yep and that would be why they're coming for her Right. Well, listen, I, I, okay. Now I feel like the franchise could open up and do and take a lot more risks, but you had to fucking set it up here. You had to make the movie that is going to set up more characters here, characters that we now know, 
And now we can do tons of stuff with the with the Carpenter sisters, with the fucking Meeks twins. You got Sydney, you got Gail, you got all these fucking people <laughs> tied to it. Now we can go forward and take even more risks. I feel like though, while Scream Four tried to provide that, instead they killed off their entire cast, so they couldn't. Now we're in a position where we can go even further off, and now the motives will be kind of more out there. You'll be able to take more risks, those kind of things. I don't know. I agree. Like, yeah. I, I am a little worried though. Yeah. Just because, you know, think of it for an example. I'm not really comparing them, but think of like Halloween four. Right. Like that is a good movie. I think it is at least. <laughs> and it was the start of something a little different. We didn't have Jamie Lee Curtis as our lead anymore, but we have some pretty solid characters to follow. And then shit went off the rails when they tried to dive deeper into that by five and six. Right. And so they got something good here, but they better they better really think well, <laughs> before I, they keep going. That up, though, dude. That's, no, a, that's a great point. No, you know what though? I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like now, the time that we live in, in the year that we live in, I feel like filmmakers are becoming smarter and again with the whole uh playing the long game thing i think that plays more into account than people give it give them credit for because while halloween 4 <laughs> was great halloween 3 nobody fucking knew if that was gonna work or not that was a big risk you know only in retrospect will people say oh i like that movie or whatever it was a lot of trial and error. And look, maybe fucking Halloween and all these other franchises, they were kind of the, the hey, we'll, we'll let you, uh, you know, uh, figure it out first. And now we've learned from your ways, you know? Let, I'll give them that. Give them that credit. But I do think that the filmmakers now have learned from franchises. They have learned from playing the long game or as opposed to just having a one-off. You know what's great about this movie? It does. It works as a one-off, but it clearly fucking sets up a lot more. But it's not It's not like a Marvel movie where it feels incomplete, where it's like, what yeah. the fuck? You no, know? There's no post-credit like scene. To yes. Get ready. It, it yeah. feels like it could be finished here if they decide if to they never decide do to another do. one. Which I think I would still be satisfied if oh, they yeah. didn't end up making more. Right, right. I mean, but like, I'm will. okay with it, but <laughs> I will watch them until my, like, eyes go blind. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? um, it's literally my favorite franchise. So um, we should talk about, so Richie and Sam here, right? Um, Dan actually counted how many times she fucking stabbed him. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. How What's many the times, magic number? How many times do you think it is, Christian? Um... Let's go with 24. Oh, close. So okay. close. She stabbed him 22 times, including okay. the throat slit. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yep. 22. And ironically, it came out in the year 2022. Yeah. <laughs> they counted. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. No. And I love when she like wipes the blade because Ghostface always does it with gloves on. Yep, yep. I know. It's like does it with her bare fucking (laughs) hand, right? And you know they're slippery too because of the blood. Anyways, you might slice yourself. That just shows you how big of a psycho she is. And Mm -hmm. listen, I know people had problems with her as an actress. I thought she was fucking fantastic. She was okay. No, when no, she's 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 okay to me now. I really didn't like her the first couple times. Now she's passable. No, she was subtle. I think that some of the lines were a little too much. Yes, I'll give you that. But 
I do think in order to play a role like that, that takes a lot. And I think she conveyed a lot in her eyes, in her emotions, in her lack of emotions in certain times. In the conversations she had with Sydney, I thought were some of the most powerful things. Um, in my opinion, I think she owed Sydney a little bit more respect. She right. And I think, yes, I, I mean, totally agree. She was the well, one she, she was the you. one, no, she was the one who involved Dewey. Right. She involved Dewey and then fucking got him killed. And now like Sydney's offering you the that's why Gail's like, this is the original, you know? Yeah. And she's like, Are you just a dumb little bitch, basically? <laughs> and I agree you, though, yeah. And she's just like, No, thanks. I don't want your help or whatever, you know. Like, are you what what do you mean? Well, like, that's why she's like, if she said well, something like, I so happen to do and I don't want the same thing to happen to you, then maybe so. But she I'm just right. seems stuck up. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it like came off inauthentic. And like she didn't seem scared or but whatever. That, that, it, it seemed like she was more like kind of jealous of Sydney. Like I think the line that bothers me the most here, and she was like, um, she was like, Yeah, I'm Billy Loomis's daughter or something. And um, she's like, I'm sorry if that's weird for you. I love that line. <laughs> I yeah. hate that line. No, uh, that, I agree. No, but, but you agree with what, Christian? With you, Lacey. Yes, I'm like. It feels so like it feels like she's like in competition with her. No, that's her own that, guilt. No, she knows she's Billy's daughter. How do you? Sorry, think, if that's weird. How do you. you think she thinks Sydney feels about her? She's like, oh my god, she probably hates me. That's what she's going in. And when she says that line, she's probably like, yeah, so hate me. And then Sydney, being the fucking great person that she is, she's like, no, it's okay. Do you want to talk? And th- and then she's thrown off, and she's like. Uh, she's what? like, no, she's like, I'm taking my sister and we're getting out of here. And, and then like, running won't help you. Exactly. And, and that's where the I'm catalyst just, comes But in. I'm just saying, it feels right. like she wanted nothing to do with her. Because she don't know. She's new to yeah. Like, okay, I like, she's her mom's age. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly she has a problem with, like, authority in women. Right. Like, right. that. that's how I took it. Judy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, I, yeah, she didn't like the sheriff either. So. Yeah. She obviously has a problem with authority and she's the same age as her mother, Sydney, you know, and clearly she's offering more guidance than her mother ever fucking did. Her mother was a sick fuck who actually wanted to fuck Billy. Um, Sydney was trying to never have sex with him and now got swept up in a fucking mental stated moment. Now, theory time, you think that the mother is... I think the mother is the chick in the video store in part one. <laughs> she wants it. She does. Standing in the horror section. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you telling me that's not a killer? Uh, <laughs> no. And like, I don't like who would want to fuck somebody that like, I don't know, like that was accused of murder. Well, it was probably before. It could well, have been right before. It could have been any time. It yeah. definitely was before, I think. I mean, uh, obviously it was before because he died right after. Yeah, but it could have <laughs> happened that day, though. It could have. He could have been fucking her he and had t- right to the he, party. Exactly. He he went, he you mean she was party. conceived the day be- of his death? He fucked her in the grocery store parking lot and then creeped on him in the grocery store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why he was there. Yeah. There we go. Wow. It all answers everything. There we go. Uh, Come talk to us, writers, directors, figure out how to make it work. What else do we need to cover here, guys? Uh, again, we see more flashes of Billy Loomis, bunch of little hair flip head nods, which are completely fucking um, outrageous, I think. I think one, maybe two 
Well, I guess you kind of needed that one. Not needed, but it was sort of essential to the plot. So two scenes of Billy Loomis would have sufficed. I think we got five. Um, I just thought it was a little bit too much. That accompanied with the Vince stuff, all that stuff just felt completely... um, it felt like there's a story there. We just didn't see it in this I'm not movie. gonna lie, I like talking about it though. I know it's fun. Like yeah. right. I mean, as pointless as it may have been. This fucking bar. <laughs> you want a real drink, Liv? Want a drink? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. And I, I really like the use of like the music with his death. So oh. It wasn't completely okay. pointless as a fan to me. With, with Red Right Hand when it played and then they switched it off when he turned yeah. the car off, I got to be honest with you, I was like, fuck this scene. And then they turned it back on right as they started to kill him. And I'm like, oh my God, these guys just fucking get it. No, these <laughs> filmmakers are the shit. They realize how to use moments, how to use nostalgic pieces of music for all the characters. voices. They are truly fucking fans. Whether you agree or disagree with their decisions, I don't think anybody can contest that these people loved this shit. And their love just spread. And like, as a lover of this franchise, it's really hard to explain to people like how movies mean so much to you, specifically like, this particular franchise or whatever. But I think that everybody that does see all the merits in it, they just get it, you know? And I don't, I don't feel like it's a, it's an exclusive group. I feel like it's the cream of the crop. I feel like if you get good fucking, you know, whodunit slashers, then scream is by far the best of the best. Again, what other fucking franchise can even come close? Leatherface? Get the fuck out of here. I'm not even going to talk about those. They're so inconsistent. Oh, They're so are all you over part the of the 13th fanboys out there? Are you telling me those were Mrs. Voorhees' hands? Right, right. <laughs> like, uh, can you tell Like, tell like, me anything about Jason? How the fuck well, did he no, even like hurt back wanna, from a child in eight? They want to sit you. here and talk about uh, her not specifically being able to wear the costume. Correct. Like, right. but, but here, let's go talk about that. Like, right. You know. Or motivations like... If I was Sydney, I would have never come back. What do you mean? You have to. There's, There was no... That's the point. You fucking killed Alice in part two. Like, you guys have no foresight or room to talk about anything. Listen, I like those movies. you got to look at them for what they are, though. Look at every fucking franchise. The main frontrunner should be fucking Freddy because he comes in your dreams, and it's such an amazing premise. Where the fuck is that franchise? It sputtered out and died because they tried to get too extra with it, and, and they tried to do too fucking much. The thing about Scream is it's a progressive, normal progression of the characters, of of their arcs it takes them in different directions within a movie all of the meta stuff is fucking fantastic but more than anything it's how to make a good movie with good characters with with a twist with not just oh this is a twist because with this one i don't even feel like the twist or the reveal was anything that special. But you know what I did feel that was I special? I love it. The relationships. And I found that the that the fucking motive. I was love the killer perfect. motives. I love the killers. It, it feels so timely and so right. It's grown on me. Thought. It's still not one of my favorites, but has grown upon like, viewings. Being being somebody that, you know, is a part of the horror community like extensively right. and seeing the type of fans people are. Yes. 
And like, I get it. Right. Like, I live this shit every fucking day. I love it. They nailed it. Yep. They, they fucking, fucking nailed, nailed it. it. Yes. I couldn't agree like, more. Like, if you're a part of any Facebook horror groups, yep. like, I yeah. swear, there are plenty of Amber Freemans and fucking Jack Quaid's, yep. Richie's, whatever his fucking name is. Yep. Like, these people exist, okay? And uh, the ones that don't like this movie that are, like, horror fans, it's probably because you're fucking triggered because you're a toxic fan. And the fact that your franchise sucks compared to ours. Scream <laughs> for life, baby. Is there anything else you want to add, Christian, that we didn't talk about? I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to think. King oh, King. no, we touched. We didn't mention. Oh, yes, she is married to Mark. We did call that one. Oh, yep. Which the writers did confirm. Yeah. Which so. is cool, man. Which is cool because that accompanied with the Kirby thing. Like, two characters that uh, people fucking dig for sure, but didn't even have to be in the movie. They just mentioned them. Like, love it. Give me more. Right. The possibility <laughs> that they could come back at any point in time. Even Martha Meeks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I thought that Martha... I wish they would have fucking offed her. They should have killed Martha Meeks. 100%. 100%. Why? She's, she's going to be the killer in six. So. She's dead oh, in God. six. <laughs> no, she's coming back, but she's completely fucking dead. And I If hope, she comes back. Yeah. I hope they reveal a father is Joel. <laughs> it, that would make so much sense. No, I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, dude. You know, I, mean, I thought it too. I thought it too. It's all listen, good. It is what it is. I mean, we're talking about surviving characters. Yeah. There's only so many, and one plus one equals two. But no, all the connections. I mean, listen, with all these, it's so rich in mythology, and I think this one too. The look of the town, I think, added to it a lot. It doesn't necessarily look like the town in in Scream 1 per se, but I actually dig that. I also I, I feel like it's more ground level. I feel the- like we don't see too much of it. And maybe yes. and maybe this is one thing I was thinking of because this was shot during the pandemic. Doesn't it seem like this killing spree isn't like as big right. yeah. as it is yes. in the others? Like it's not like big news that you're hearing about on the news kind of a thing right it's almost like people are discovering it right yeah it's like people are discovering it after the big final act like oh yeah by the way there was another ghost face here in town why did it it take so long for the cops to get to judy's like she's the fucking she's like asap it's a small fucking town yeah they're probably like we need a new boss so we'll just let her (laughs) go out i don't know but like it I, took a long ass time. I like that kill though because she's running and you don't see him until he's right there, right behind the, the bush, like right in the front. I love that. It's the middle of the daylight and he's fucking. That I think that's the him. problem that I had with the trailer though, is like you knew she was a goner. So like when this is happening, right? Like the element of surprise of her dying wasn't there. But we didn't know Dylan Mementi though. No. Right after, right. which elevated but I, that. Scene. Yeah, but I mean for the trailer, that was the only thing that I would say that like right. I regret yeah. watching. Yeah. She was kind of like the cotton to me in terms of right. she's back, but I didn't care enough about her to be like, oh no, is she going to live or die? Yeah. I, I, so didn't I was like, like okay. What, I didn't like what she said to Sam. She was like, why don't you just get out of town? Like, what the fuck, Judy? Well, <laughs> like, you're a fucking bitch. No, like her sister just got attacked. What do you mean? No, Judy? the best line is uh, she was like, she didn't like me very much. And Gail's like, she didn't like me very much either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She should have asked her if she tried her lemon squares. Yeah. <laughs> she said lemon squares are in the fridge. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I just. I want to know who fucked Judy. 
Yeah, see, and that that's what I <laughs> thought the movie was going. I thought it was going to be revealed that Judy was the mother of whoever the fuck was doing this, and that's what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, this, this movie, more than any of the others, I think, set more up for the future. Um, it, it's... But it could be a final piece, too. It's great. It's brilliant. It can be mm-hmm. both. It really can. And I feel like... The filmmakers know, though, that they're probably going to be at the helm of more of these if it's successful. They passed a hundred fucking million. There is no time to pass the torch. Like I saw Halloween fucking kills. How do you like that torch? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) She's like, it's all yours, bitch. Uh, Take that fucking torch. There's a lot of headbutting in this one. Yes. (laughs) Louie gets a good headbutt in. Not today. Oh, stop. Uh-huh. Oh, Why? We were done with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't think that'll ever get easier. Yeah. Like, like Randy's death was sad and shit. But Donna like, Nelly was talking shit on Fresh Cuts. He's like, I don't believe for a second that Ghostface, she just lifts Dewey up in the air. That never happens. Like, that literally. She didn't Michael Myers him. And she then these motherfuckers sternum and gurnal or whatever you yeah. know like yeah in both front and back yeah. and then they're like oh how did you get shot like clearly we see a bulletproof vest all these things have been clearly thought out and explained in the movie unfortunately if um you're not a fan of movies in general you're not going to pick up on that Donna Nelly. right <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Don. And I love all those guys. And listen, those are the those are the type of people that are are not fucking screen fans. So I get it, you know. But that's kind of the point of this movie as well. Like, you know, when well, clearly we are screen fans. Yeah. And she yeah. says, you know, to some people, it's the most important thing. And listen, I am so happy that we can all share the same love of the same and the thing. circle jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice callback, baby. (laughs) Um, I've had so much fun reviewing it. I think it's that time, ladies and gentlemen. Lacey Lou, Christian Craig, are you ready to do your Scream 5 ratings? Ratings, ratings. I I am. Are you, Christian? I think so, but how about about have at least one of you two go first this time? We'll see if... Why don't you go first? Yeah. All right. All right. So, I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, I love everything about it. Everything that I've mentioned. uh, I love the music in it. I think it's new and it's fresh. I love all the musical cues. I love Dewey's theme. I love Sydney's theme when she goes back to Stu's house. I love the character developments. Sydney is no longer just even a fighter. She is a fucking straight superhero. She doesn't have superhuman strength, but she is a fucking OG final girl. There is nobody better Scream 1 to Scream 5, one fucking timeline, great fucking character development, amazing scenes with Ghostface, and Ghostface technically very (laughs) ineffective in this movie, but man, the cinematography is on point. All the scenes seem so fucking epic. Shout out to fucking Roger Jackson, who straight murdered it in this. Jack Quaid, fucking the, the girl who got torched in one spot. Who was actually um, Timothy Oliphantastic's cousin in real life. Yes, that's another mm. thing. Just another fucking thing where it's just perfect. Like, what does that tell you? That tells me everything that I have to know. It's that a family fair on and off screen. 
Yes, exactly. And I just thought it was a delight from beginning to end. Uh, not a perfect movie, but man, did I have so much fun watching it. I get so much joy out of these movies. I get so much joy talking about them day after day when Lacey Lou and I wake up and we'll just fucking go. We won't even say good morning. You'll just be like, <coughs> you think, do we? <laughs> like, we'll just fucking go about anything Scream. And I love that that's a, that's a part of our life. I give Scream 5 a 4.5 out of 5. I absolutely fucking adored it. And I cannot wait for part fucking 6. And you bet your fucking sweet ass there will be a Scream 6 because this one was extremely successful and that's what the best fucking horror franchises do. They're successful and they kill it. I'm like, you Halloween kills. Thank you, Dan Chase. Christian Craig. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, the more I watch it, the more I enjoy this new one. Um, one thing that I am going to say, because it kind of helps with my rating, is it made me change my rating for three because okay. that was a 3.5 and I appreciated the mystery of it more <laughs> and the reveal of it more now after okay. watching the new one that I'm bumping that up to a four. Oh shit. All right. Game yeah. Change. I just, I just really enjoy it. I like the look. I like the characters a lot. And for me, my only biggest, big issue with three was the tone more than anything right. else. Right. And so looking past something like that, there was, there's just so much that I think is strong about that film. Um, and this one, I think this one gets the tone right. I think the kills themselves are great. I'm not as big of a fan of this new cast as the others, personally. There's not anyone, probably excluding Tara, that I'm like, oh my gosh, I really hope you live, kind of a thing, you know? Um, I still would have liked a pretty good chasing, just, just one good one in there. That's what I would have wanted. And maybe just one extra snippet of Sydney. Um, cause I understand that's not about her anymore, but it'd been nice to just have just maybe to just see another minute of what her life is like now in the first half of the movie before she even knows that there's a killer, you yeah. know, just something, just something yeah. throughout, um, the movie, just so we could always have that element there. Like Kincaid um, feeding the babies or something. Yeah. Just something for her to come <laughs> home from work kind of a thing. And that's how we open up the film after the opening scene. And then we could go into Sam and all that before she gets the phone call from Dewey, just right. something there. So I see her presence earlier in the film um but yeah there are a lot of things that they do right i don't think personally is as strong as two or four for me um but now it's much more in terms of how i feel about three in terms of strengths and weaknesses so i'm giving this one a four out of five too oh wow yes <laughs> um all right you know, um, I actually am bumping up my rating from a three to a 3.5 on three as well. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's still the weakest for me, but um, I just based off of the tone and Courtney Cox's bangs, um, <laughs> which I do love the joke in this that yes, you know, yes. doing the morning show and she's like, <laughs> she's talking about the bangs, but um, it's just funny. Like, I mean, there's so many callbacks. And so, Dewey watches her. In the I morning. know, and he's texting, yeah. and I still. And oh, I still God. God. just finish uh, it, dude. Okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> he said, I "I'll finish it for uh, you." Let yeah. me us back in a text message. Um, <laughs> you know, I think this this movie had a lot riding on it. The stakes were high, um, and I feel like it did pay off in dividends. Um, you know, when 
you know, people get mad when they say like, when you do watch elevated horror and the people that like are like breaking every little bit down and they're like, um, and then yeah. somebody's just like, I don't like it. And the person that's like obsessed with it or whatever, they're like, you just didn't get it. Right. Like, and normally like, I hate that, but, but honestly, <laughs> in this capacity, in this movie, in the way that it breaks down horror fans, yes. it's so yeah. subliminally perfect. Yes. Like it's so on the nose. It's so like dialed in. And the fact that like horror fans are like, uh, I, 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 like, I don't like it. No, you just didn't get it. <laughs> like, I'm saying it. I'm fucking saying it. That or you did get it and you're triggered because you are a toxic motherfucking fan. Okay. <laughs> um, I love the jump from the 10 years. Like, yeah. it feels, it feels fresh. It feels current. Um, you know, it talks about the, the new wave of horror. And that's why the, this motive, these motives work for these characters in this film. Um, you know, it is a stretch with the the Billy Loomis thing. That's it's just fan service. It, it didn't necessarily, you didn't even necessarily need him to be there. It's cool. Um, you know, it, it's not my favorite part of the movie, but it is cool. Um, I, I do like how they did connect to... Um, you know, the legacy characters. And I, it has like that moments between, I wish we had more with Gail and Dewey though. Like, yes, we got a little bit. I wish we had more. Yeah. Um, but he had, like we talked about um, in the previous ones, you know, like with Casey and Olivia's death, Randy's death, the stakes were so high in this one that I feel like, I don't feel like they did him wrong. I felt like this was his movie. It was perfect. Um, if somebody had to go out, he went out heroic. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. He did not ooze with inexperience. <laughs> he, uh, you know, unfortunately his fucking phone rang at the wrong time, which that happens. That would happen in real life. You know, like I thought it was beautiful. It, it was like, uh, there was nothing he could have done in that moment to, you know, except shoot her in the face while she was laying there before he was going to go back to the elevator. But aside from that, I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, I love the brutality. I love, like, I, I love Jack Quaid. I fucking love that that bitch got shot in the fucking face. Uh, <laughs> I love, you know, I love the moments between Gail and Sydney and like how full circle they've come. And like, I want to watch a show with the two of them. Right. Like, yes. you know, um, to see, like, you already know, like what kind of dynamic you're going to get without Dewey um, at this point. Um, you know, he was the one who did bring everybody together, but like, Whoa. uh, the things that lacked in part four, this one definitely made up with them. And like, if you really think about it, they weren't in part four a whole lot, even right. like Sydney was barely in that fucking movie. Right. You know, like Gail and Dewey, like they barely had any scenes together and they were so disconnected that for yes. this one, it brought it all back together perfectly. And it made sense. They needed one scene together. 
and they conveyed more than they did in the whole fucking story of Scream 4. I, I, do <laughs> wish, I do wish we had seen an on-screen scene between Sydney and Dewey. Like, one I last know. hug, one last touch or something. That's right. why the Ryan Johnson thing, <laughs> they, they re- reference Ryan Johnson with the big three never being able to be on screen at the same time again. Yeah. It's sad. It's a thing, though. But it provides mm-hmm. emotional everything. And the fact that Dewey saw his phone and it said Gail as he yeah. was dying, he saw it and he looked at it again. That picture was weird, though. Like, it did not look it like him in the like picture him. at all. No, that <laughs> wasn't David Arquette, I don't think. Uh, no, but he died knowing that gail was calling him like that there was hope oh my god yeah no everything (laughs) there's just so much closure for these characters and let's face it in horror movies especially in horror movie franchises we don't get that with it with our characters we don't get followers. and i kind of like that um when sam asked gail at the end here she was like because she asked how sid is it's like i'm fine basically you know right and now the one that we're gonna kind of have to worry about is gail because she was like, asked me yeah, in a couple, a couple days. days. So we don't know where Gail's actually going to be, right. which is, that's that's really interesting that they set it up that way. Yep. Like, because mm-hmm. Gail's, you always kind of know where Gail's going to fall. Yeah. Who the fuck right. knows what's going to happen to mm-hmm. Gail now? Right. Because this is the first time she's experienced loss in any of these movies. Yes. So we'll see how that actually affects her. Yeah. So I, I think it's in, that it was interesting that they used that choice of words, ask me in a couple days. Yeah. You know, so I, it, who knows she could be crazy i think she had the biggest character arc out of anybody i think i think yeah. that she came full circle and her scenes with dewey where she was fucking there emotionally like she was ripping it they at their chemistry was so fucking perfect that yeah by the end when she was like you killed my best friend like you felt that right. shit, you know? Like, I fucking love <laughs> Courtney Cox. I love all of them, but Gail was always kind of like, yeah, whatever, like, Gail can fucking die or whatever. And while I still kind of feel that way, um, Dewey was such emotional glue that I felt like it provided Gail's story to propel even further than it possibly could. Yeah, it mm-hmm. will be very interesting to, if she comes back. Yeah, if she will. Um, they you all know, will. But yeah, so... Yeah. They always come back. Yeah, um, <laughs> there, there wasn't, I mean, like, I, I I wanted to get the things out in the very beginning of this review that I didn't like, and I mentioned the inconsistencies sure. or the things that I had issues with, and it doesn't take away from this movie at all. I have a smile on my face from start to finish, <laughs> yeah. minus <laughs> crying for, like, a good half hour. We both did again and on third watch. <laughs> like, I mean, it, that, that's never going to get easy. No. Um, I I really feel like I lost a friend and, you know, I don't know if maybe that's, I've gone through like a lot of loss in my life recently and it just feels like I lost another. Yeah. And (coughs) sorry. (coughs) And, um, I really feel like, you know, like, I mean, 25 years is a long time to follow a character and, um, you know, like even though it was a year later, with Scream 2, like, I was crying when I thought he was dead then, so, oh. like, can you imagine what I'm like now, 25 years later? Right, 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 right. <laughs> 24 years later, I guess, but, um, yeah, I, like, I don't know how you don't rate this a five. It's a fucking five. Okay. Five <laughs> out of Lacey Lou, ladies and gentlemen, so you're at a five, I'm at a 4.5, Christian Craig, you are at a four. Now. Yes, you got a spectrum go. here. 
official rankings? Yes. Should we do them? Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting because my two and four are the same rating and my three and five are not the same rating. So oh, mm, see how right. this ranking goes. Well, let <laughs> it go, Christian. You're up. All right. Here we go. Moment of truth. From best to worst. Yep. One. Number one. Then number two. <gasps> then <changed>. four. <laughs> And then five and three was really hard for me. And here's why. I was thinking <coughs> there's so many things about those that are like, like on the edge to me in terms of like dislikes and likes but in terms of three and five. However, I realized that I, I love them both and I enjoy them by myself equally. Like if I'm watching them alone, I know I'll have equal amount of enjoyment. So what made me decide between three and five, which, with, uh, with which one's going to be superior, I was thinking, okay, when I watch these movies with my friends, then which one will I have way more fun with? Yeah. And that's going to be number five. And so it's going to be one, two, four, five, three. Okay. There we go. Lacey Lou. This is easy. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, because you can just go based off of what I write when I rated them. One, two, five, four, three. <laughs> three, two, one, contact. Uh... That, that's easy. Like, and, and you know, one and two, like some, like I will watch either one of those anytime. And I feel like mm-hmm. this is going to, I don't know if I can rewatch it due to Dewey's death as often, but I think you're going to like come up higher and I think you're eventually going to like it better than four Christian. I could see a Pong more watch. I mean, considering I was struggling to figure out between this one and three, which one I was going to place right now. Um, but I could definitely see a Pong more rewatches. I don't know if I would ever top the first two, at least. Right. So, oh, no, no. But, but who knows if a Pong more rewatches over the years, if it beats four. But right now, I still, I really fucking love four. <laughs> so, right on, man. Yeah. No, I, I did too. Uh, five made me realize um, all the things that four was missing mm-hmm. and that I kind of blindly looked past because I was. I was happy that three wasn't the end. I was happy that it was brought to a place somewhere in the middle. But five was so fucking amazing. My ranking is the same as Lacey Wu's. One, two, five, four, three. I fucking love this franchise, though. Even the weakest one, when you look at Roman's reveal, I mean, that's one of the best ones. Roman reveal. Fucking mm-hmm. the end scene with Jill. I mean, obviously, Billy and Stu. I mean, the whole fucking franchise. Mrs. Loomis? And, and fucking Mickey. I mean, it's so Billy's much fun. Mother. We haven't even mentioned <laughs> Cotton Weary on this, and there's really no reason to for this particular show, but so many great fucking characters throughout this franchise so much fun and i think that's what people fucking miss is this isn't just oh whatever this particular movie it's a whodunit slasher it's fun we're gonna be guessing throughout the whole fucking thing there's gonna be brutal kills we're gonna get characters that we love we're gonna get all these fucking things that you don't normally get in a fucking texas chainsaw in a fucking whatever, whatever other fucking <laughs> bullshit franchise anybody wants to fucking try and say is better than this. Because you know what? It isn't. It's no contest. Scream is the motherfucking goat. Scream 5, I fucking loved it. And I am so fucking happy that we all got to podcast on it tonight. And all of them. Yes, yeah. all of them. 
Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for being a part of these reviews, Christian. Your insight and uh, generation has been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I mean, this was just a blast to just go through the franchise again. And it's been great because now my friends are a little bit more into it now because of these yeah. podcasts. Aw. Um, in fact, I sent friend. them a PowerPoint, a PowerPoint <laughs> to remember the first four again before we saw number five. I love, so that was I fun. love that. Yeah, yeah. It's a detailed one. Not going to lie. Um, and so, yeah, it's been great. And I'm just so glad that you took my podcast virginity, as you put it for the first one. <laughs> yes. We are the Billy Loomis to your Sydney Prescott. <laughs> but we're not going to settle for a PG-13 relationship, Christian. No, because he's Christian motherfucking Chris. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> and I'm Lacey Loom. And I'm Dan Chase. And for everybody who has been a part of these, thank you so much. Uh, fingers crossed for some nudity for exchange for part six. <laughs> yes. And we will see you next time. Designed and directed <laughs> by his red right hand. What? You have to shoot them in the head. They always come back. Dewey, who gives a fuck? Thank you. No, do it!
the steps to the place where they buried your heart. Yeah.